here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations. Limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. everybody to wrestling omakaze it is episode number 53 i'm joined by the world record holder for omakase guest appearances making your i believe seventh appearance okada now you're, okada. <laughs> you're setting a record that may never be broken but uh welcome back jesse thank you i'm sure that the song we heard before this was i'm a survivor by Destiny's I, Child, because isn't that the G1 theme this year? No, it's, uh, it's that fucking, um, it's the survivor. survivor. They should yeah. just get the Destiny's Child song. They, they got what's his name, Man on a Mission, to do the song, which I actually knew of them already because they did. I had them in my indie music panel a few years ago, so you know, they're not really indie at all. A big did. step up, I suppose, for a new <laughs> fan. He has an idol. A big idol as a champion right now. That's true. So. Anime fans will know them as the the band that did the seven one of the seven seven deadly sins openings. So there you go. It's a sort of well known shonen anime that airs on Netflix. I never I never got around to finishing it though. So don't even ask. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I still got anime on the mind because I just got back from Anime Expo, which was cool. How was Anime it Expo? Was, it was pretty awesome, but I went with um, I like broke the bank on a premiere badge, which is probably the only reason why it was as awesome as it was. It's like one of these, basically, you, you can spend more money to not have to stand in line. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, <not work. laughs> it's like so, Disney World. 
because it's like 110, there's like 110,000 people there. I mean, that's like the confirmed number. So, I mean, just it, it would have been a lot of standing outside in the 102 degree weather if I, because <laughs> like all the lines are outside. So, if I didn't have the premiere badge and I was out in the heat wave. It's like one of those things where, yeah, something will be on sale, but if you have to wait three hours to get it, mm-hmm. you're just like, I'm just going to play full price. Forget yeah. this. So, I mean, and, but the not having to wait in line was awesome, and all, everything I got into was great. And you know, saw the, the My Hero Academia movie premiere, the Attack on Titan season three premiere, went to a lot of awesome concerts. It was, uh, it was pretty awesome. I mean, I wouldn't, I, I cannot afford to do this every year, but I'm definitely going to come back. In like maybe like 2020 or something. Yeah, New uh, Japan always seemed to run a show around the same time as well. Yeah, but this year it was in fucking San Francisco, so I couldn't. Although, you know, I, I shouldn't say couldn't. If they had booked a main event that <laughs> had been appealing, like if they had, like let's say they booked something really crazy, like Naito Omega or something. Well, let's say this. It's not appealing perhaps to us. It's true. But you can't say that it's not appealing to I don't know who, and I don't right. know who. <laughs> These people. If if I'm being honest, though, like if they had booked like Naito versus somebody, you know, as the main event, like Naito Omega, Naito Okada, or something crazy, I would have gotten my ass on a plane from LA to San Francisco for that show. But um, Omega Cody, not not really not, drawing. Not a big becoming the elite fan. Right? No. Are you coming or being? I don't being, even know. Being nearly. I do watch it, but I mean, like. I, I know it's BTE, and that's like close to BTS. They're yeah. like skirting that line. I'm going to be honest. I watch Being the Elite because it's like you cannot even keep track of their fucking story, the storylines and with the whole Yeah, club, I, I tend to think it that was the main event. Let's yeah. just put it that way. <laughs> um, but I, yeah, I still had. I was not going to fly up there for that. Um, and we're gonna get into that fucking match. If I had flown up for that, I would have had. I would have been even more pissed off than I was fucking sitting here in my room on a Wednesday night, just fucking just infuriated. Because I heard. Okay, why don't just get into it right now in just a little bit? A lot of people I know said the match wasn't that bad. I saw like four stars, four and a quarter. Oh, it wasn't. It was good. It was better than their uh, their match in where the fuck that was by you, New Orleans. <laughs> the match in New Orleans, and you I know, don't I want to know what that match was like. If this it, one was it, better, it, it, it wasn't. First of all, they're both terrible, but it wasn't. But I'm like, oh, maybe it'll be okay. It was not okay. <laughs> it was so fucking terrible. And we'll go into some of the specific ways it was terrible. But I am, was let down by some of you telling me this match was like okay to even like good to great. I'm like, well, see. I know better than to trust people that, that <laughs> would say the match is good because, well, of course we're going to talk about it a little more, but it's just so not my thing yeah, at all. I mean, it was a very WWE type of uh, match, you know? Yeah. It was very, like, slow. W- it was the same problem I had with Omega Jericho, which, you you know, we'll, we'll talk about in a second. You didn't see, you haven't seen that. You haven't seen any of this, actually. No. But, but Omega, Omega Jericho was also, like, a WWE style, like slow weapons brawl, and it was better than this because God bless Cody fucking Rhodes, but Chris Jericho is a better wrestler than Cody Rhodes. I don't think I'm throwing out a hot take there, but it was better. But I still didn't see like the four. Like I saw a lot of five stars in that match. It's like if 
I don't know. Like, I, I hate to be that person, but if you love WWE style matches that that much, why are you watching WWE? You know, like I want to watch New Japan. I don't. I don't really want that. But anyway, I'll save my thoughts for when we really get. <laughs> I was all I was saying is I was bored of that style like twelve years ago, and Chris. It's nothing against Chris Jericho again because I think he's great, and he came in and had a very different style of match with Naito at Dominion. They tore the house down, doing like a more fast paced, like almost like a lucha brawl. But, you know, I just, just, I don't know. I don't really want to see that type of match, and we'll talk about it. But, Jesse, why are you here in the first place reviewing a New Japan show? I felt like the universe needed to have its balance restored. I am a huge Washington Capitals fan. If you don't know what that is, it's a hockey team. Yeah. And after years of being Hiroki Goto, <laughs> essentially... Yeah. Like, if you're not a hockey fan, like, a decade is what we're talking. A decade is Hiroki Goto. Actually, for the same period, Hiroki Goto's been Hiroki Goto, now I think about it. Because he won that G1 in 2008, didn't he? You're asking, though. <laughs> I think he did. I think he did. He won that G1 in 08 and then went to the All Japan show and lost to Muta. So, yeah, he's been, like, Hiroki Goto in the caps, it lines up perfectly. But this is our Unfortunately for Goto, I don't think he'll be winning the G1 <laughs> or the title. But uh, the Capitals finally managed to win the Stanley Cup. And yeah. uh, I would have been bitterly disappointed. No offense to the Las Vegas Golden Knights. They had an incredible season. But if you can't beat the first-year expansion team in the Stanley Cup final, who the hell are you going to beat? I saw I saw a lot of, a lot of funny jokes like... Um, Caps fans praying to the hockey gods the year before, please let us beat every team in existence next year. And hockey gods being like, sure. <laughs> <laughs> but that didn't... I mean, I, I will be It was honest. actually but, pretty wild that the final was like the easiest series they had. Yeah. I mean, they had to get through the Penguins. They had to get through... They almost. They were almost eliminated. It, like We were almost, almost eliminated in the first round by the yeah, Blue Jackets. Like they, they had to score that, that crazy like deflection goal in overtime in game three. Yeah, I think Lars Eller was the guy that actually yeah. scored it, and then he scores the uh, winner for the Stanley Cup too. So I mean, they—I mean, that happens. I don't want to say all the time, but it reminds me a lot of what happened in like LA Kings, where the in 2014 they were they were down 3-0 against San Jose in the first fucking round, and look, they were going to get swept, and then they come back and win that series, and you know, I mean, they they had another really hard one against Chicago. In the Western Conference Finals, but they're—I mean, coming back to three zero is the hardest thing you could do. So, yeah, I would say you know. that the the final series was the easiest. Yeah, but it wasn't as if the ones previous to that were cakewalks. Yeah, and they they came back from being down in every series. They had to beat Tampa in the Eastern Conference Final. I mean, that's Tampa was Tampa was like probably the preseason favorite. And I think the craziest uh, thing was anytime we had a chance to close out the series on the road. We did it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, um, I'm a big time yeah. Washington Capitals fan. My favorite player is Nikki Backstrom. So I felt like, okay, they won the Stanley Cup. I have to do something. And, and originally, that something was, originally, I was going to torture myself watching the All In show. Yeah. And I thought maybe that would have been a step too far. <laughs> I'm going to be in attendance, unfortunately. 
with like I I got caught up in this whole thing of being like, oh, let's be the biggest independent show ever, and I'll see all my friends, and then they start announcing well, matches. Depending like, on what the main event is, you could beat the traffic. That's true. Like when they, once they announced that Okada Marty Scroll match, that's when it really hit me. Like, oh god, this this show is gonna actually gonna be pretty bad. <laughs> oh, but oh, well. you know, hopefully after watching the Moo Play show, uh, this will mean France wins the World Cup. I feel yeah. like it'll, it'll swing the pendulum back the other way. Yeah, I'm pulling. And... I'm pulling for France to win. They That's were who I was pulling for to begin with. Uh, I'm Cajun, so kind of have to go with the French team because the U.S. team wasn't there. And I'm white. Yeah. I feel like when you're white, you can kind of pick whoever you want to root for. I had I had three teams: Japan, <laughs> Mexico, and Spain. I wanted I had Spain just because I went there last year and loved it. Mexico because I just wanted to see Mexico win, and Japan because I'm a weeb. <laughs> um, just being honest, and so and all three of them made it to the round of sixteen. I'm like, okay, you know, at least I can count on. I figured, you know, Japan and Mexico might not make it through. I think Mexico was playing Brazil, and Japan was up against Belgium. Yeah, Belgium. Um, but at least they have Spain. They should have beat Belgium. They should have beat Belgium. Spain was up against fucking Russia though, and like outshot the shit out of them in the first round of the World Cup. Collusion, and then, man. Yeah, was, and then lose, lost in fucking penalties. So. That like all three of my teams get knocked out in the round of sixteen. It's like okay, you know, I thought by picking well, three, I would get something through to the quarterfinals. <laughs> but, I mean, you didn't have Argentina and France playing against each other. That's true because it's like okay, France wins. Yes, I'm really happy. I'm excited about it. Argentina wins. Yay, I'm excited about it too. You know, if I have to pick between Messi and Ronaldo, I'll pick Messi. Doesn't mean that I hate Ronaldo. I don't hate Ronaldo, but. I like Argentina more than I like Portugal. Mm. And uh, that was a shit show in and of itself. But on par is the Move Play show main event. In terms of <laughs> everything. Well, I'll take it back. The, the Argentina stuff is probably worse. <laughs> because uh, I think, you know, they didn't have Diego Maradona flipping people off in yeah. San Francisco. So... They just had they just had uh, Jay White almost killing a senior citizen. But, oh, I'm very uh, glad I watched the access version of the show. Yeah, I mean, I watched it because I heard what happened in the semi. I I really I was gonna watch the Japanese version because I had enough of torturing myself with fucking Jr. and Barnett's commentary. Which, if you haven't seen the show, folks, it wasn't good. The commentary was really bad. I wrote down some of the dumber things he said throughout the show. But um, like basic shit you could look up in two seconds on Wikipedia that he got completely wrong. But like, I people just told me you had to see this thing with Tara Barnett, you know, in the semi in the semi main. And I was like, all right, I'm gonna watch it. And I mean, I'm, I I don't regret it because that thing in the semi main was crazy. But um, you know, so let's get into the show. What do you say? He's probably stalled enough for Better enough late than never, I guess. Uh, the Moo Palace, the G1 special uh, in San Francisco, the Cow Palace show. Um, let's, let's just get this out of the way first. This show drew okay. Yeah, I drew like 6,000. Um, you know, I, I, it, it's not uh, calling it success would be going too far. It did do like the biggest gate in the history of the Cow Palace because those. The, all the tickets sold were like the lower bowl, and I don't know if you saw the ticket prices before 
um, you know, before they, they went on sale, but like they were pretty fucking high. Um, I think it showed about what the core audience is like the, the people that will go no matter what. I think yeah. that's what this show it's like, okay, now you have to start working on getting in other people. I mean, they, they basically said for the, you know, for the MSG show, which we haven't even talked about yet. Breaking news before, before we went on the air, um, new Japan and ring of honor are getting their MSG date after all. It's going to be at the uh, at MSG the Saturday night before WrestleMania. I believe it's what, April 6th, I think. I should have looked this up before I came on the air. But yes, I believe it's April 6th. Um, you know, I, I'm really interested in seeing what that is because it, it can't be super... Car- They're calling it Ring of Honor New Japan G1 Supercard. You know, like a combination, I guess, of like... A, first of all, I think running a, G- a show called G1 in April is pretty fucking stupid. But anyway, like I guess a combination of... New Japan's big name and Ring of Honor's like super card of honor name. But like, I would say, cannot... don't say Ring of Honor have a big name. You yeah, <laughs> they don't. I mean, I, it, it cannot be super card of honor with a, in a bigger building with a diff, bigger name. I don't think it will. I think New Japan will be more heavily involved. Um, and just, you know, at, at the very least, in, in the like right in the description, you know, on the press release, they, they announced Okada Tanahashi and Naito. We'll all be there as the first three names, which is big because Okada has not been on one of these Ring of Honor shows since I believe 2015. Well, Okada tends to go and be in the states, kind of around WrestleMania anyway. Yeah, but they, but he hasn't been on these shows. So, I mean, I guess he'll be in the area, so put him on the show. Yeah, I mean, if they have more than New Japan roster there, um, I think it'll be, I think it'll be really worth it. If it's just a regular Supercard of Honor show. I think people will be disappointed. But all I have to say is, if they really want to sell tickets, there's only one man to do it, and that's LA Park. <laughs> that's true. Um, I mean, they do have that deal with CMLL. Maybe they could get them through that somehow. So, um, I mean, look, let's like I think they're gonna have to put together a pretty big main event to book that building, and I think they're out of their fucking minds if they don't book. Like it should be two New Japan guys in that main event, because it, it looks like they're going to run with the theme of Ring of Honor versus New Japan. There is no one on that Ring of Honor roster who could be a bigger main event than a marquee New Japan main event than like you know Okada Night. Well, you know, depending on what happens with Daniel Bryan, nope. if he stays in WWE or not, you could potentially have him in Ring of Honor in the main event against. A New Japan guy. That is true. That is true. I didn't think. I totally forgot that. So. And that. I mean, I don't know. I don't want to say how many tickets it could or couldn't do. But if you do like Dana Bryan and Okada. Or Dana Bryan and Naito. Or Dana Bryan and Omega. I think you could do better than all then. Well, and I definitely think there'll be a novelty to seeing New Japan at yeah. the Garden. That I mean. Will- just bring people in in general. I mean, I said it immediately, like they could they could run fucking Cody Kenny three and a two hour Iron Man match as the main event. I am buying my ticket on August tenth to see to see a Naito, and hopefully we'll talk about this too. Hopefully, Hiromu Takahashi, my, probably my two favorite wrestlers on the planet right now, in Madison Square Garden, this place that I first saw wrestling in when I was eight years old. Like that to me, that's the draw for me. Whatever they book, you know, 
I'm obviously I prefer not the Cody Kenny to our Iron Man match, but whatever they book is whatever they book. I'm there to see, you know, Naito and Hiromu and all my other favorites in the fucking building, you know, in a in a big match would be a bit preferable, but just to hear their music and have them come out at MSG, that to me is the draw. And and that's why I think the initial because tickets are gonna go on sale August 10th, uh, way before we have a card way before you even know who else is going to be on the show or how like the year end, um, you know, contracts go. I mean, Kenny, the bucks could be WWE, you know, we don't know, but I want to see how they do August 10th. If they sell, I, August will not 10th warning. Yeah. August 10th warning. If they sell like, you know, a comparable number of tickets to, as all in, I, I won't be surprised if they I sell like 10, like 10,000, I will not be surprised at all, but we'll see. I just, I think, I think the novelty of it being MSG and being the first companies that are not WWE to run MSG proper, I think that will sell a lot of tickets. So, um, I mean, I guess being up against Takeover will probably hurt it at least a little, right? It it depends. I think just because of that, they'll have to have something pretty marquee at the yeah. top. Because if they don't, I don't. There's this sort of weird hybrid crossover between New Japan fans and people that like uh, NXT. Maybe yeah. not so much WWE, but they like NXT. Yeah, I, I, I definitely so see that. I think they're going to have to really think about what they put in that main event. Like, you can't put Flip Gordon in the main event. It's not going to work. Yeah, I totally agree. So we'll see. I mean, you can't. You cannot put Jay Lethal in that main event. It's not going to work for that either, because you know that's the current Ring of Honor champion. Um, but yeah, so that's the big news that broke right before we got in the air here. I can't believe we put LA Park <laughs> in the main event. Put LA Park in the main event. Anybody? It'd be a big draw. LA Park versus Nitro. <laughs> That'd be an awesome main event. Let's do it. It would be an awesome main it event. It would. I'm not. I'm not being sarcastic. I mean, they might get banned from ever coming to the Garden again. <laughs> But it, Rush, it's and, awesome. Rush and Naito against LA Park and Tanahashi or Okada or something. What a fucking main event. Let's do it. But um but yeah, we'll see what happens. I I I'm very excited because it's very up in my it's in my personal wheelhouse as far as seeing these wrestlers that I love, you know, especially the two names I mentioned in this building I've been going to wrestling for for like, you know, fucking too long now. So, you know, I, and I haven't, because I haven't been, wa- I mean, the last time I went to the Garden now, because I haven't, I haven't been to a WWE live show since, oh God, like 2008, I think. So the last time I went to the Garden would have been like a fucking house show at the end of, I don't know, I have to look, I have to look up what was at the Garden. But um, I believe it would be like a house show at the end of 06 or something. But, um, I mean, I've seen. I went to. I went to two WrestleManias there. Um, I went to, you know, SummerSlam '98, Royal Rumble 2000. That's a very spoiled child. I saw a lot of really big shows there. So just to go and back in that building, pay per view, and you're going to the, the Garden <laughs> shows. <laughs> yeah, I, I got lucky that my my older cousins were really into it, so I kind of got like dragged along, which is like how I became a fan in the first place. But yeah. Um, who among us of, of our certain age has not gotten a pay-per-view as a kid and then you put that blank VHS in and you record the pay-per-view? 
and yeah. then you go back and you can rewatch it whenever you want. Yeah, I definitely did that. So, <laughs> although more with WCW pay-per-views because I was actually more of a, I was a weird child. I liked WCW more. I liked I was, WCW more too. I was, was anti-Fed even in my youth. <laughs> so, um, but anyway, let's. That's the MSG show. No chance of you coming, Jesse. No, can't get See, you. Up I don't even go to New Orleans, and you think I'm going <laughs> to go? But it's the garden. It's the garden. No, I know. I think a lot of people that see this will probably be there. And I've already seen a lot of people who were making plans to be in New York during that weekend. So it's it's very exciting. And, you know, it's just really cool to have something this big happen, which hasn't... I mean, honestly, you know, fuck Ring of Honor. Like, let's be real. Who gives a shit from the Ring of Honor side? Um, You know, it's not like I'm happy for them. I mean, I don't fucking watch them. When I do watch them, it's usually, like, pretty painful, honestly. So, you know, I I don't really give a shit about that part of it. But from the New Japan side, to see these guys in that building will be really cool. That can transition, though, to their most recent American offering, which is the main reason why we're here today, to discuss the Moo Palace show, G1 Special in San Francisco. Um, Overall, I haven't felt more disconnected from what I've seen other people talk about a new Japan show in a long time. Um, like usually even when I'm not as high on some of the bigger matches as some people, I usually feel pretty similar about the card overall. Like, um, you know, I thought the minion was a really great show. I think they've had a good year this year, but this show just wasn't very good. And like some of the rave reviews I've seen it get, like there were, there was one really good match, um, which I, I think we'll agree Right, yes. the, US, the U.S. title match that was really good. That was the that's the match of anything on this card that I would say go out anywhere to see that. Um, the Jew title match was also very good, but I, I just at the time we, we we didn't even have the news we have out of Hiromu now. I just I really had a hard time watching it, but it did seem really good. Um, the tie title match was kind of garbage. That's the other match I've seen hyped up a lot. And then you know the the never title match was okay and. The tags were New Japan tags, so I don't I don't know where I see like great show, stack show, like you know it just it clearly I I don't agree at all. It was a it was a show. It had some good, it had some bad, but when the bad is a thirty four minute main event that fucking sucked, that really tends to color my opinion more towards the bad side. I would say you know I'm an outsider to New Japan. I don't. I think the last like full New Japan show I watched was maybe Wrestle Kingdom Nine. Wow! I, di- I didn't even watch the New Japan Cup that Shibata won. So when's the last time you watched a match from New Japan? I've watched one of the Roppongi 3K matches when they came back. Mm-hmm. Okay, but I just watched their match and that was it. Mm. And it was like okay, I was like oh you know yeah woo, but <laughs> uh, no I haven't watched New Japan in a long time. And it's impossible to not keep up with New Japan. I don't even follow the New Japan account anymore. But everyone retreats everything from the account. So I see it anyway. <laughs> so it's like I'm following the account regardless. Yeah. I mean, like, if you're in a pure space, you're going to hear, like, whether you're trying to follow New Japan or not, you're going to hear everything. So, yeah, it's like, unless you mute or block anyone and everyone that t- tweets about New Japan, you cannot avoid it. So, but. Yeah, I hadn't watched New Japan show in a long time. And just the impression that I got from the whole thing overall is 
I think there's a certain disconnect with New Japan in terms of what people really want out of them being in the States. Yeah. I felt there are, like there were a lot of fucking foreigners on the show. I felt like that that it tended to be a bullet club show. Yeah. More than so much a New Japan show. And not everyone that watches New Japan likes Bullet Club. Some people that watch Japan, that's all they like. But I think they didn't strike the right balance on the show. I mean, the problem is you leave you leave so many guys back in, in Japan when you book these shows. You're missing almost all Suzuki Goon, which, you know, Suzuki Goon, for better or worse, they're a huge fucking part of New Japan. I mean, the junior tag Has camp... Has she ever worked? Nope. I, assume, I, I always assumed it was a Yakuza <laughs> But I don't know that for sure. I just like, I'm just like, I bet he has like some fucking really unsavory connection and it's impossible to get a visa. But what is, I think I mean, maybe he just doesn't care. That would I mean, be impossible. He went to the UK though. So like, when he went to the UK, I was like, well, maybe he just like, it, it could either be that A, he, he like the, the process of getting a UK visa isn't nearly as stringent. Or B, maybe he just fucking hates America. And you know what, buddy? Me too. So <laughs> it's fine. Probably like everything. Everything's yeah. together. Um, but yeah, Taichi's never come. And Taichi, obviously, he's you know been one of my favorites recently. Um, so, and he's been you know the, the the fans love him in Japan. I mean, like, I think his stick would play out pretty well for a live audience. Yeah, and he, and like when he didn't get put in the G one, like there was a he, he wasn't kidding. There was a legitimate outcry. If people saw those promos when he was talking about people calling the New Japan office uh, or like tweeting at them and shit, that really happened. Like people were fucking pissed that Taichi wasn't in the G1. Um, so yeah, he has his fan base, whether you like him or not. Uh, fucking Desperado, who's probably been like, I don't know, like the second best wrestler in New Japan this year. Like I think he was the second highest when I did my most outstanding list behind Hiromu. I mean, Desperado's been amazing this year. It's been his total breakout year. And, you know, he's won half the junior tag champions. He's not on the show. I just um, noted Folly wasn't on this show, was he? Folly wasn't on the show. Folly, I don't know. Did Folly, I don't think Folly ever comes over. I mean, I, I know he has his dojo and everything and yeah. businesses that he does, but I found that a little weird, especially with, I didn't even watch the post-match. Like, once the, ma- the main event was over, I'm like, okay, I'm out of here. Peace. <laughs> I'm done. Yeah, I mean, you missed the best part of it, that honestly, but I don't blame you. Um, but yeah, he did. He basically just said on Twitter, "Yep, I'm with them." But you know, you probably know what we're talking about. But, um, but yeah, so like you know, Desperado's out there. F- Folly isn't there. I just um, don't feel like they they've quite struck the right balance on the, the show. Vet, the vets aren't there. Yuji Nagata, Tenzan. Uh, you know, Nakanishi. Okay, and this oh. is my thing too. The young, they had some young lions. Yes, there. the young lions. The young lions were there, but they didn't fucking wrestle. Why not put them on a fucking match zero? What is who is that? Who would that? Yeah, let them have a match. Like you can't let Shota meet. Shota meet is like one of the best parts of these fucking shows. Sometimes, and why the fuck is he? They had to get visas to come because yeah. Omino had a problem. He he didn't wasn't quite honest. Apparently, uh, the first funny. time he tried to get one. And so he had to go back and try again. So it isn't as if they don't have a visa. Yeah, they I do. mean, they, they announced that lines break thing for November, which is a <laughs> <be> during. <laughs> uh, I have 
very low expectations for that. I think it's going to be people from uh, the LA dojo. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I don't know. I, I think is another problem. I don't think call, people oh, care oh. about people from the LA dojo. That's true. But they I mean, want doing... to see the young lions. I think they will bring over at least one or two. But who the fuck knows? It's part of the Bushiro Character Expo. So, like, you know, this, this convention that Bushiro is putting on in Anaheim during those dates. Like, I, it took me a second to figure this out. But I, like, when I saw those dates announced, I was like, wait a second. I walked by Bushiro's booth at Anime Expo, and those are the same fucking dates as the Character Expo they were plugging. So it's like this thing where they're basically for all their card games and, you know, idol cons. They're going to have, like, idol concerts and stuff. So, you know, there's, like, no overhead. They're going to be in the building anyway. So um, that's what that's why they're running those shows. It was the same thing as the first G1 special shows where they ran it in conjunction with like a Bushiro card game tournament they were doing um, during Anime Expo. This, yeah, the same weekend. Yeah. As Anime Expo. But this time around, it was again the same weekend as Anime Expo, but it wasn't um, in conjunction with anything. They, they didn't have any other con going on. Like Bushiro would have booths at Anime Expo, but like, you know, they weren't, they didn't have their own little thing going. And by, by the way, I don't understand why the fuck. They don't like have New Japan, like as part of their Anime Expo booth. Like you have one hundred ten thousand. Really? Yeah, they, they're nowhere at that booth. The oh, New Japan had a presence in the exhibit. I mean, okay, Bushiroad actually has two booths. They have one in the entertainment hall and one in the exhibit hall, which is like a de- what you would think of as like a dealer's room. Mm-hmm. And New Japan had no presence either one, like nothing, which boggled my mind because you have a fucking hundred and ten thousand fucking weebs here and you don't think you might want to advertise your they fucking could have sent like naito or somebody to just go stand in the booth and take pictures or something with people yeah like or just at least put it on a fucking wall or something i mean i could have okada could have went for an hour i saw plenty of new japan merch at that fucking um you know at that show i wore my naito my lij shirt and like people kept yelling you know tranquilo at me so like it's not like people there weren't aware of New Japan, so I don't know. It's very uh very weird to me they wouldn't do that. I mean New Japan did have one presence, but it was the the Spike Chunsoft booth had like a demo of the PS4 version of Fire Pro with the New Japan roster. So that was like their one little presence at the con. But again, but they couldn't why... even sit someone from. They I mean they kind of in the same area in the same state anyway. They could have sent someone to go sit in that booth. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know why they didn't. It seemed like a wasted opportunity. I mean, I've said this forever. Like, what, I do these panels at these anime cons, and I always get, like, a full room. I mean, people, you know, people who are in, who are WWE fans who like Japanese shit, that's, that should be your fucking... There's a fucking target audience right there. Like, plug to them. Some people just don't know that Japanese pro wrestling exists, and some people, like, you know, it's just they haven't been exposed to it. So, I don't know. I think you. I think they're wasting a valuable marketing opportunity there. Um, but we got off track a little bit. What were we talking about? Oh, so the roster. Yeah. So you don't have the young lions. You don't have the veterans. You don't have like Suzuki Goon. You don't have. There's. I mean, Taguchi was here, but not in a match for some reason. Um, all these guys, like all these Japanese guys. Instead, what you have is, you know, match after match filled with foreigners. Who's and in the opener? A heavy yeah. Bullet Club focus. Five out of ten guys outside the of the U.S. title match. Yeah. Five out of ten guys in the opener, foreigners, Bullet Club. Match two, one out of four is foreigner. That's a little better. No Bullet Club. Match three, half half foreigners, you know, in the tag match, you know, and a Bullet Club. Match four, foreigner challenger. Match five, 
Florida champions, Bullet Club. <laughs> Match six, um, only one out of four a foreigner, but again, you know, still no, still no Japanese versus Japanese. Match seventh, again, Dragon Lee, he's from Lucha, but he's still a foreigner. So you did not have a single fucking match. And then the top two matches are both foreigner versus foreigner, white guy versus white guy for two titles. So not a single fucking match on the New Japan Pro Wrestling G1 Special San Francisco show that did not involve a foreigner. That's insane. I'm sorry. That's You have too many foreigners on your fucking show and in your fucking promotion. Like at that point, it's not, is it really even like Japanese Pro Wrestling? I don't find it's authentic to what people watch when they watch on New Japan World. Yeah. I mean, that's not... why I started watching Japanese Pro Wrestling because I, I like Japanese Pro Wrestling. And it, it isn't so much that it's foreigner versus foreigner that I think it's the problem. It's in that you kind of have to watch all of the other Bullet Club stuff. Yeah. Get what's going on. So for me, someone that's jumping... I'm not jumping back into New Japan, don't get me wrong. But someone that's just coming in and watching... A lot of this stuff I just didn't understand. Yeah. It had nothing Especially to do with the main event. And yeah, they had a video package before, but it's like, I don't know what the hell is going on. So, you know, it's all foreigners. It's all Bullet Club. It's all, you know, a lot of it's Ring of Honor. So I don't, I don't know. It's just, it, maybe maybe I'm not the target audience for this, and that's fine. But like, it's not like this show but is this like is a fucking. Thing. When you want to draw 10,000 people. Yeah. You kind of have to cater to more than just that specific Bullet Club audience that I feel like th- this show was targeted to. And that's who was served by this show, was the Bullet Club audience. And, you know, God bless Kenny Omega. I I'm, I think I'm gonna I'm fast getting a reputation as a Kenny Omega hater, and I'm not a Kenny Omega hater. I, I don't, I'm not his biggest fan, <laughs> honestly. I'm not, a, I'm not gonna call myself a Kenny Omega stan, but when he has good matches, I, I'll say he has good matches. But like, if this idea is that Kenny Omega slash the Bullet Club is such an overwhelming draw that that is in America, that that's why we need him on top, and that's why he needs to be IWGP champion, and that's why the Bucks have to be tag champions. I mean, 6K, that's not bad, but that's not, they didn't fill the fucking place. So, like, can we stop at this idea that Kenny Omega, like, has to be the fucking champion, and the Bullet Club has to be on top to draw an American crowd? And they drew they drew almost the same fucking crab with Okada as champion at at the fucking goal you know strong style of Bobshaw I was at so you know I mean it, it wasn't was I, I think an easy way to alleviate some of the problems with the show is they could have took someone from the A block and somebody from the B block and have a special singles match you know really drive forward the G one is starting so here's two people they're not going to be facing each other unless they get to the final. You could have even like did Okada and Naito in like a special singles match. You could have had them go to a draw. Had one of them pin with somebody or whatever, yeah. and really set it up because I don't personally think that'll be the G one final. Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, but there ranking. are people that really love this shit. Yeah, and they had a great time, I'm sure. But it was I, I'm not the target audience clearly. So Lord knows um, I'm not the target audience. Yeah. So we're going to, as two people who are not the target audience, let's talk this fucking show. Uh, the opener was a 10-man tag team match. The Bullet Club, uh, Tama Tonga, Tonga Loa, Ijiro Takahashi, Chase Owens, and King Haku, defeating Yoshihashi, Gedo, Rocky Romero, Yo and Show from Chaos, 
uh, Tamatanga, Pingido, and nine twenty with the gun stun. Um, this was this was okay. <laughs> it was uh, it, I, I was surprised when I saw that it only went nine twenty because it honestly felt like it went longer. It felt like it kind of dragged. But um, the only know. thing I have to say is Josh Barnett continuously calling Show and Yo young guys. They're they're not really young anymore. Yeah, they're not young lions anymore. Like he was really hung up on that. They're both um, almost thirty. I knew. I think Yohei is thirty. Something. Something I noticed by the way that was kind of funny. So, do you know there was like that guy who kept announcing the the five minutes, ten minutes in English, right? Mm-hmm. He was the English ring announcer on the first show, uh, the Strong Style Evolved one, and he did a fucking terrible job. Like I don't even remember exactly what he did, but he did some. He said some really obvious shit wrong and it was it was actually really funny at strong style evolved like everybody in the crowd kept making fun of him so for this show new japan flew over whoever the fuck it is that does their english language um you know calls you know, ring announcing who's clearly a japanese guy like, which i thought was kind of funny it's like they would rather have their english language japanese guy who you know he's he's, he's fine but like sometimes his english pronunciation isn't that great do it then have that actual native English speaker could do it for this show because he was so bad last time. They're like, we're not going to well, take it a chance. Well, maybe actually there. get office staff then. <laughs> it's just really funny. Um, but yeah, the, the other thing I noticed was uh, the <laughs> JR, like, JR thought Ujiro was a junior heavyweight, which again, that's the first example of JR getting something very easy, very easy wrong. And he kept talking it up like, Eugirio, he might be able to make it to heavyweight someday if he really tries. Do you know the last time Eugirio Takahashi was a junior heavyweight? Probably when him and Naito were No Limit. Yep, 2010. Because they, the No Limit is the only team other than the Young Bucks to, who, by the way, they, they brought this up later, that only one other team has won the junior heavyweight and the heavyweight tag titles without saying who. I was like, do you want to say who it is, motherfuckers? It's the guy that you said was still a junior like six matches ago. But yes, it was no limit. They went from junior to heavyweight uh, while they were still on that team. And Naito and Nigeria have been heavyweights ever since. So 2010, only eight years off, JR. Way to go. Um, <laughs> but yeah, this is a, this was a match, you know. Like, I thought Sho and Yohei were like kind of a big deal. Why are they sandbagging in the opener? Yeah, I mean, they're fucking awesome. I don't know what the fuck they're doing. In this I don't even tournament. know who the junior title holders are. Uh, Kanemaru, Kanemaru and Desperado. Okay, I thought Tai Chi was one of them, but I forget Tai Chi no, is the heavyweight yeah. now. Yeah, Tai Chi's the heavyweight now, yeah. I mean, Des- Kanemaru was not very good, but Desperado was fucking awesome. So Kanemaru was very good because he somehow conned his way into New Japan. I mean, that is, that is very incredible. impressive. That is true. Um... But yeah, I mean, they've had some really good matches this year, so no problem with those champions. Um, match two, Toriano and Tomohiro Ishii, a team that I personally am not a huge fan of, defeating the team of Zack Sabre Jr. and Minoru Suzuki, 9.42. Yano pins Sabre with a roll-up. Um, I don't like the new Kazuni Nai. Do you like it? I'm not really a fan. No, I don't like it either. I saw, I like- some, people, I saw some people on Twitter say it was good, and I was like, what fucking song are you listening to? It's just weird and different, and I want to go away. My um, only thoughts on this match are JR, he kept calling it a slobber knocker, <laughs> and I found that Suzuki and Ishii were just, like, kind of lightly tapping each other at point. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they did, like, hit each other pretty hard 
a few times, but then after that, they're just like, yeah, who gives a shit? Smash you on this stupid show. Yeah, we have the G1. We're not going to like yeah. really, really hit each other that hard. There was like one like, fun strike exchange, but other than that, they really weren't hitting each other that hard. That was um, my main takeaway from the whole thing. Like, mm, they're not really going at it. They're kind of <laughs> saving themselves for the G1, which is acceptable. Perfectly yeah. acceptable. But JR losing his shit like, oh, they're really getting into it. This is a slobber knocker, folks. And it's like, no, it's not. <laughs> JR loves Suzuki, which is which is fair, I guess. But he's probably the only person he likes. Apparently, he didn't really yeah. like much else in this damn show. <laughs> no, it's true. Well, JR JR is okay with the wrestlers. He just fucking hates the refs, and he's gonna tell you about it. Well, over and w- over. Wait till we get to the main event on this one. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, so like the ending was like Yano went for a low blow. Zach like caught it with his legs, which is a spot he's done a few times, which is kind of cool, I guess. Um, but then Ishii like larried him right into that that like roll up. Um, I just wrote down the match was whatever. I mean, it was not that great. It wasn't like it was bad or anything. I'm guessing was... Yano and Zach are in the same block in the G1. They are, yeah. Yeah. So this was kind of like a prelude to Yano probably beating him in the G1 again. Probably. Um, Suzuki and Ishii had also been feuding over the the Rev Pro British title, and like Suzuki just won it from him. Like last weekend. I so. don't watch New Japan. Do you think I'm okay? <laughs> I'm just telling you. That's why. And telling people at home. That's why that happened. Um, match three was Tanahashi and Kushida against Mar- Hangman Page and Marty Scroll. Um, I don't really have much against Hangman Page. He's just kind of there for most of the time. Oh, he can, he can kind of have good matches when he really wants to. He just doesn't really have any presence or charisma to speak of. But Marty Sproul, I, I actively fucking hate that guy. And um, you know, other than when he's being a comedy dipshit, he can be kind of funny. But like as a wrestler, he's I think he's pretty terrible. And, tell you about this match. I don't even remember who the hell won. So that um, so Hangman that Page goes, That goes to show you how big of an impression it left. Hangman Page, Pin Kushida and nine fifty two with the right of passage. Why is Kushida getting pinned? I guess because he's the junior and Hangman's a heavyweight, but yeah, it's pretty stupid. I mean, why so, the fuck uh, can't... Is Hangman Page and Tanahashi in the same G1 block? I'm kind of sensing a theme here. Um, I think... Uh, yeah, I think they are. Yeah, no, no, no. I actually... I don't think they are. I think Hangman... Maybe... Actually, maybe they are. <laughs> I'm trying to think. I thought him and Jay White were in the... Huge New Japan here, folks. Huge. <laughs> we are huge New Japan fans. Exactly <laughs> I mean, I, I watch all this shit. I should fucking know. Um, God, I'll figure this out. Just give me one second, and I'll figure this out. But I, I think he is. I think you're probably right. I mean, I don't know why else they would be putting them in a match together like that if they are not in the same block. A block? Yes, they are. Okay. I, for some reason, I thought hey, I knew Tanahashi. I knew Tanahashi was in the A block. I, for some reason, I thought Hangman was in the B block for a second, but apparently he's not. So there you go. Um, but yeah, so this was a match. Pretty much a theme here on the undercard. It existed. Like I said, I don't, e- I don't even remember who won, so that goes to show you what I thought about it. Couldn't even tell you. Don't remember. Um, the fourth match was the Never Title match. The the very open weight Never Championship. Hiromi very Gocha. open. <laughs> Only very... that's ever challenged for the title is Kushida. <laughs> Never title belt. Um, Hiroki Goto defeating Jeff Cobb to retain the title in 1210, uh, the GTR. Um, this was 
good-ish. I I don't know. I, I actually thought this was really disappointing. For what I, was I thought it was pretty damn slow. Yeah, I mean, I would go like two and three quarters stars or something. I mean, it was fine. I just thought it would be a lot better. Well, um, I'll say this. If people really want Jeff Cobb to be in New Japan and to work G1s and stuff, I think he needs to have a better match than he did against Goto here. And yeah. I don't put it all on him. No, because Goto was, Goto was, I think, in Goto was in these in the same kind of save it for the G1 gear as a lot of people. Yeah. And, and, and he's in match four, you know, even though it's a title match. But like... Yeah, but I don't find that Cobb did enough for, I wouldn't even bring him back. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that really cool belly to belly was kind of cool, I guess, where you like caught him and did, you know, like really throw him. But like, there's just a lot of rest holds in this match for a 12 minute match. I'm like, they just had to go out there and kill each other. I think. Um, it really wasn't very good. So yeah, like two and three quarters. I mean, the, some of the stuff was good. They they hit each other hard at some points, but uh, between that, it was pretty boring. And it didn't go very long anyway, so I don't know what all the rest holds were about. Hangover for Goto, maybe. Yep. Um, Alright, the fifth match, the IWGP Tag Team Titles. Oh, God. Uh, Matt Jackson pinned Evil in 1605 with the Meltzer Driver. Um, Wait, was that shit at the end of the Meltzer driver? Because that looked like crap. Yeah, we do, like, he does a flip and then, yeah, Meltzer driver. Um, all right, so <laughs> I like the Dominion match these two teams had, but I, if I had one complaint, they can call the Young Bucks fucking heavyweights all they want. I was going to say the same thing. They don't look like heavyweights. They are at all. fucking small ass men, okay? Evil and Sonata are legitimate heavyweights, especially Sonata, but even Evil. You know, he's short, but he's a big dude. And, you know, these are Sonata, he fucking headlined with Okada for the IWGP heavyweight title in an awesome match, by the way. Um, Evil, Evil, you know, he, he beat Okada the G1 last year and headlined at Sumo Hall, and here he's getting pinned by fucking Matt Jackson with a melt. Here's my head. thing. <laughs> Why aren't the Young Bucks in the G1? I, I, that's a good question, too. Um, I don't know. It They're makes, the tag champs. Put look, them in separate blocks. It, it fucking makes Sonata and Evil look like geeks, the way they just finished one. I just want to read the, the finishing sequence. So, here's basically what happened. They give him an assisted tombstone. They basically did the... that JR called the, the uh, Melster Yard. It's actually the indie taker, I guess, because he didn't do the flip. So Who they give him... <laughs> I'm trying to be accurate so no one tweets me later. They did, they did like the Indy Taker. Um, and, you know, so I guess they go for, they go for the pin. Matt kicks out. Okay. So they kick out of their own finisher. They do the Magic Killer right after that, which is their tag team finisher. Mac, they, oh, I think Nick might have broken up, actually, the first pin. But the Magic Killer one right after, he definitely kicked the fuck out. Like, kick out of two. Then the, the Young Bucks, they basically just recover. Hit the fucking Melter Driver. One Melter Driver, one, two, three. Does that make, not make Sonata and Evil look like fucking geeks? That that's all it took was the single Melter Driver when they couldn't fucking put him away with, you know, the assistant Tombstone or the fucking, the Magic Killer? Like, that kind of makes him look like fucking geeks to me. So, I don't know. I just it, It's one of those things where it felt, feels like you're sacrificing two of your own homegrown stars, especially, and I guess Sonata's not really homegrown, but Evil's a homegrown guy who's very popular in Japan. Not like he's not popular in America. And, you know, it's just, 
For what? Like you said, for two guys that aren't in the G1? It's like the unbucks aren't over. For two guys who are going to be go, who might go to the Fed in January? Like, it's, I don't know. I just, I hated this. I hated the finish. I thought it made the, it made the evil sound look like fucking dipshits. Okay, well, and, I didn't hate it. I, I won't <laughs> go that far. Well, I mean, I, I'm talking about the finish. The match itself was fine, but I hated the finish. I don't hate the Young Bucks. And I think people get misconstrued when you say you don't like them. They try they act like, well, you just don't get it. No. <laughs> I very, very much get what the like Young jump, Bucks jumping are. Jumping around throwing kicks is like somehow fucking high art that people can't understand. I know their shtick. I know what they're trying to do. I get the whole thing. It's just not for me at all. And I'll never be into it. So I definitely have this thing where it's like, oh god, the Young Bucks. But I didn't think the match was very good. It was alright. It was like just another slow plotting match to me. I felt like... About the same. It was nowhere near as good as the Dominion one. I felt like a lot of this stuff was on the show was like that. It was just kind of like they were moving in goo or something. I don't know. It was really weird to me. I'm like, mm, what's going on here? Why is everyone like moving so weird? Mm-hmm. But the Young Bucks just do not look like heavyweights to me. They can go no. and get all the nugs they want, eat that shit gain some pounds, and it's not going to make a shit of difference. I just think when you're that small in terms of your height, it doesn't matter how much girth you get sometimes. Yeah. And I just think they're too synonymous as junior wrestlers in general. Yeah. And so, and it just feels like disingenuous that they've moved up to heavyweight to me too. I totally, I totally agree. I mean, they had some classic fucking matches this year in the junior division with Rapungi 3K, two awesome fucking matches at the Dome and New Beginning. Um, this whole idea, like, oh, there's nothing left for us to do. It's like, well, there's not going to be other teams. You can't bring other teams in. Like, I don't know. I think just the, the the first evil is not a match I didn't mind as much. It still felt kind of fucking stupid to me to be having two of your big heavyweight stars lose to the Young Bucks clean and like then that. The Evil and Sonata are working the G1. Yeah. And I think they're teasing like Ibushi and Sonata having a thing. And Sonata's going to have to fight Naito for the first time. And a big deal. Like, just they look like idiots before they go into G1. I mean, I get it. The Young Bucks are the big deal to the fans there and everything. I get it. But you could, like, team Jeff Cobb and whoever, and like make them have a tag title match instead. Yeah. Save Evil and Sonata for the G1. I don't know what the point of this rematch. I mean, when when I first saw this rematch was booked, I was like, oh, I guess they're gonna put the belts right back on Evil and Sonata before the G1. I guess that's fine. But no, they just had them lose again. And and I know Evil stupid. has a thing with Jericho or something. Yeah. <laughs> it's so, just, I, don't, I don't know. Like on one hand, I get it. On the other hand, it's like. Why do this? It's why have them, weird. Why have them lose in another tag title match like this? And even like more like you look. Unless like, they oh, just think that people in Japan just don't care about these shows, and they're gonna be like, "Oh, well, they lost in America. Who gives a shit?" I mean, it's possible, but doesn't mean I can't. I can't hate it. I fucking hated it. Um, 
All right. But let's move on, I guess. Match number six, Okada and Will Ospreay defeating Naito and Bushi in 11.58. Uh, Ospreay pinning Bushi with the Stormbreaker. First of all, what do you think of Okada's remix? The theme song. I was going to ask you, did they fuck up his theme? No, they remixed it. I mean, I... It's trash. Oh, well, I didn't I didn't dislike it that much. I, thought it was, I, I hated it. At first, I'm like, wait, are they playing Osprey's theme first? Then are they playing Okada's? I was so confused. Well, we have to agree but, uh, on this one. I thought, I thought it was fine. No I saw people saying Okada was having a midlife crisis. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it's, he was having a midlife crisis. I just think he was finally showing some emotion on his face. Like, I'm really excited to be here. This is cool. I like wrestling for people in America. I like being here with all these fans. A lot of them are here because of me. And I'm just showing some joy for once in my life. That was the impression that I got from it, and I thought it was really refreshing. I like that Okada. It seems way more genuine and honest, and I would I think that's the direction they should maybe go to. Like, kind of push him more towards being a big-time babyface. Just go for it and see what happens. Yeah, I agree. I, liked, I really liked Okada in this match, which, you know, from, like, the number one Okada hater here, apparently, uh, that's I'm probably saying a lot, but I really enjoyed Okada. Yeah, the yeah, long I... boys though, absolutely not. <laughs> I like them without. He's the hiding something. There's something going on. He doesn't wear those pants if he's not having his knees completely wrapped up, or he has braces on, or something. There's something yeah. going on. I'm telling you. But um, but yeah, I, I agree with you that Okada's really. He's been uh, even before he lost the title. This year, I've enjoyed him a lot more than I have the past few years. And I think it is because after after that Naito match especially, he kind of like, he felt like he loosened up a degree even before he lost the belt. It just felt like he was, you know, more comfortable with himself. And I, I thought he was having better matches, honestly. I like Okada the person. He seems really cool. I'm not going to say cool. He seems like a big dork, quite frankly. And, yeah. And more relatable to people than what they've been trying to project for a while. But but yeah, so I'm in I'm in the Okada this year. I'm into seeing what he does about the belt now. Obviously I love Naito. Um not breaking news to anybody who listens to this podcast. Um I love Bushi too. Well Osprey he's he's well Osprey. <laughs> well my friends everyone likes my friends backstage. Why don't you like my friends Osprey? <laughs> Um, I, the only thing I didn't really like on this match, I thought it was a pretty good little twelve minute tag, but like Naito and Will had like a really awkward exchange, where I felt like they were like on different pages. And for a guy who people love as much as people love Will, he does that with a lot of guys. I feel like maybe Naito um, just knows that Will tweets some rank shit sometimes. <laughs> um, but the Okada Naito exchange is really fun. Um. You know, I like I always love Naito and Bushi and their antics and nothing to complain about here. I give it like a solid three and a half stars or something. Fun little tag. It was probably the best little thrown together tag. Yeah. I still do not believe that Okada and Naito will be the G one final. Yeah, I don't think so either. I think they're gonna save it. And I know it's Budokan. I still don't think that'll be the G one final because the G one final sold out. Yeah, the it's final sold out. final itself. Yeah. Um, so Hiromu and Tra- that, that reminds me, I wonder how tickets are doing for the other two nights. Let's see. Um, Hiromu and Dragon Lee, the junior title match. Um, 
so obviously there's a lot to unpack here. Um, the uh, okay, so let's just really quickly before I get into that. For the first night, the Okada Tanahashi night, um, so far just the ringside is sold out. Nothing else even says, you know, in danger of selling out. For the Ibushi and Omega Explodes night, the second night, um, that's doing better actually, which I guess isn't that surprising. The, the ringside is sold out, and for the next two categories down, arena seat and first floor, uh, first floor standing, those both say only a few left. So, okay, that's about what I guess we would have expected. The Abushi Omega is doing better than Okada Tanahashi. We just saw Okada Tanahashi in May, you know. Um, but anyway, okay. So the junior title match, Romo and Dragon Lee. Um, when I watched this match on yesterday, yesterday evening, we still hadn't even gotten the word yet that we got early this morning, where it looks like um, I believe it was Dave Meltzer that reported it that that Romo. Well, was Dave was it. saying he had a broke neck, which I had never like. I think when people hear broke neck, they think, oh my God. Yeah. Like, I mean, and stuff. Like, like Dave originally reported like broken neck. That's what he was hearing. And people on Twitter, you know, they reacted the way they're going to react. And I, I, I mean, look, when I read it, I was fucking, you know, I was in the middle of Anime Expo. I, I was fucking scared shitless. I was, you know, really upset. But like, you know, people don't, like, people think of like, well, he never walk again. Yeah. Not, I think people went, when, yeah. people went to the big time extreme on this when Meltzer said he, got, he broke his neck. Whereas, I heard something a little different. I'm not going to get too much into it because I don't think I, I won't betray the trust and privacy of the person that told yeah. me it. But uh, I did not hear like he broke his neck. That's not what I heard. And he was he was out of the hospital in a few days. They were able to fly back to Japan. Yeah, was... If he had broke his neck and he needed yeah. neck surgery, he would never have been able to leave the hospital. And now and now Meltzer is saying that he's not going to need surgery. Which to me would suggest like he could have a neck injury, but like you could technically break your neck and have it be like a hairline fracture or something. I would say he will probably be out the G one tour, which is fine. Yeah, who gives a shit, right? And maybe I is King of Pro Wrestling after the G one? Yeah, it's October. I could see him maybe missing that tour too and just coming back in King of Pro Wrestling. Yeah. So destruction tour and then maybe so like I, I like about six to eight weeks, yeah. maybe a little bit I longer. So, I mean I think so. So before, at this point, I was still like, a, you know, feeling like, you know, is he going to be back in a year? You know, like I didn't have that information. So this match was really hard to watch for me. Um, Hiromu won in sixteen eighteen with the time bomb. I'm pretty sure they they were supposed to go longer, but they wrapped it up really quickly after the the botch on the Phoenix. Box. As yeah. I like to call it, because that's basically what happened to Hiromu's head. Yeah, it was really, really disgusting. Really disgusting looking. I, I, I couldn't watch it on my screen. I just like looked away, but I saw the. Oh, I watched I, it. I saw the get the GIF originally. Um, let's, let's just talk about that one spot. Uh, it looked like Dragon Lee was having problems just even lifting Hiromu up to begin with. Yeah. And yeah, I know people kind of fake it sometimes. Like, oh, I'm really tired. But man, it looked like he was struggling, and yeah. then he just like. Oof. But so yeah, I, I mean, I just you know when I, I've been taking notes for the show, I just kind of wrote down that like, um, you know, I couldn't really watch it that much. <laughs> you know, just uh, I so I've seen a couple. I haven't seen their whole saga of matches, but I've seen a couple. I didn't think this was as good as some of the ones I've seen in CMLO. Yeah, but it was it was good. It was kind of like I think like by now they just going to like do the greatest hits. Yep. Thing. Um, uh. 
JR calling him the dragon was wonderful. I, I really <laughs> enjoyed that. Uh, it really pissed me off greatly when they didn't call out Dragon Lee doing the Shibata dropkick. That shit pissed me off. Yeah, because he loves Shibata. That's his whole thing. So. And he was like doing damn Shibata headbutts and stuff. And I'm like, what? The, I'm like, Josh Barnett. You are betraying yeah. Doki here. What are you? What, what are, you, are doing you doing here, Josh? This is your fucking job, isn't it? To call shit like this. Well, I was yeah. so mad. And then Jr. No selling Daryl Jr. I was like, fuck you. Yeah, Jr. Sucked oh, on the show. I mean, I'm so mad. He, something, something that happened in the next match. But yeah, I mean, like, um, you know, it seemed like it was good. I just, I really, I had a lot of trouble watching it. And I'm happy to hear that. Uh, that Hiromu, you know, the injury isn't as severe as we, we would have first feared. It was an okay match. I wouldn't say, like, it was the best match those two have ever had together. Yeah. And um, the other thing I wanted to say is, okay, every time these two would have a match against each other, people would sit there on their little Twitter machines. Oh, oh my God, one day somebody's going to die. These two guys, they're having a match against each other, doing all this dumb stuff. Oh, well, then one of them actually gets hurt. People want to be like, oh, you know, wrestling's just inherently dangerous. And, you know, you, you can't control what happens. And it was just an accident. That was like the weirdest thing to me. Because all you would do when you would tweet and watch the, the matches and this stuff would be like, oh my, haha, one of them's going to die one day. Like, why are you so shocked that something bad happens? And then Dragon Lee, that was like his eighth match or something in yeah. 48 hours. Yeah. I like you know people, I, I'm not getting into the New Japan is more dangerous than WWE and blah, 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 blah. I'm yeah, not people, getting into- people and before her own was even out the fucking hospital using that to like score fucking points like I saw some I'm of the usual WWE say, people do. I think Fuck some off. of the moves people do in New Japan matches, especially after these guys have been wrestling for 30 minutes, is really dumb. Yeah, because this isn't like Dragon Gate where these guys kind of train to do dumb shit after 30 minutes. They're not trained to really do that in New Japan. And so I think maybe they should back off a little bit on some stuff. And yeah, there's a part of, well, you can't tell them what to do. They're going to do what they want. You can tell them not to do a damn release Phoenix Plex. Yeah, no, I... I, I, What you say. Yeah, and I agree. Don't do it. You can tell people to tone down their fucking shit, but... It should, it should be coming from the fucking WWE defense squad, like that fucking Jake ne- Jake Nazar asshole, and the rest I of these mean, people. I don't, doing I don't their, really know. During the concern trolling, I'm not. I'm not gonna say wanna, anything. I don't. I just really want to throw it out. I just want to throw it out because you like half the fucking WWE roster is fucking hurt all the time. So well, and the thing is, like Takiyama is paralyzed. Yeah, from not, such... that, was in, that was in New Japan, right? So. Mm-hmm. Like, just the easiest bump that people take all the time. And he's paralyzed from the neck down. So, yeah, stuff happens. But I tend to think, like, you don't ask for stuff to happen either. And I feel like yeah. sometimes with some of the things they do in New Japan, some of these matches, like some of the table bumps they do in the main event and everything and all this stuff, I just find, like, you're asking for something to happen. Right, and, and I, I agree. And I wish, I wish they wouldn't have done shit like that fucking spot that looked like it killed Naito. In the fucking uh, this isn't like Noah where they are all Japan where they're just continuously dumping each other on their necks. That's not what's going on. Exactly. It's That's just, what, I was. I'm glad you made that point because I was gonna bring that up. It's it, not like Noah and all Japan. It's not that. It's just sometimes you 
Like, and people even tweeted out. They're like, why are you doing this dumb move? You can get seriously hurt. Yeah. And, you know, people do dumb moves in other promotions too. People bring up death matches, but I find something like Isami and Takeda where they're bouncing around, doing bumps on glass and everything. I find that way more safe than what Dragon Lee did to Hiromu in this match. Yeah. Um, all right. So, <laughs> this is I hate this topic, so let's just move on. The... I'm so upset somebody got hurt, but I would tweet all the time. Somebody's going <laughs> to die. Uh, oh, the, my God. The, I mean, half the, I will say half the people doing it were fucking people who hate New Japan anyway and were concerned trolling. So, all I'm going to say on the matter. U.S. title match, the uh, semi-made event, J- Juice Robinson defeating Jay White in 23-22 with a schoolboy. Um, this was fucking awesome. Easily the best thing on the show. Um, I went four and a quarter, and the only thing taking it down for me from like four and a half level is I thought at the end when Juice hit him with the cast and then hit Pulp Friction, that would have been a perfect finish. Yeah. I don't know why I Jay had to... I don't know why he had to do like the sneaky roll-up thing. Yeah, so I don't know why Jay had to kick out there. I actually think that... Because I feel like that was a more logical conclusion. Yeah. You know, oh, you can't use the cast, so then, you know, you fuck up, you hit the ref, I hit you with the cast, and I hit Pulp yeah. Friction, and I win. You know, you tried to cheat with the low, you tried to cheat with the low blow, so I cheat and I win. Um, but yeah, the you know, and that was the big thing at the end too, where Jay Jay said, um, you know, the the whole deal I mean, with like I kind of hope they don't go back to these two for this match. Yeah, well, Jay was like, he hit me with his cat, he hit me with the cast. Where's my belt? Was <laughs> basically what he said after the match. This is your first time seeing Jay White in a while, I assume. Yes. Um, because he's been a, contra- a controversial subject. I've been on his train for months now. And I-, I think from a character standpoint, I think he's like probably like right there with Naito as like the best in the company from like getting his character across in his in-ring mannerisms. Um, from like a pure match quality standpoint, it wasn't quite there yet, but I thought it was sneaking up on people faster than like people were catching up to it. And the fact that he had this this uh, this match that I've seen universally praised—I really haven't seen anyone say this sucked—and you know this kind of ended up being his coming out party. I think that's really cool, and I think he's you know people who are slow to get on the train. I think he's a he's a breakout star now. Yeah, I think he kind of got thrown into the lion's den with his first match at uh, Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, and it, which 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 did suck, and it's hard to make up for a bad first impression. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, he's still young. He'll he's gonna grow and he's gonna improve. Uh, I personally liked how he joined Chaos and he was like, "Chaos is stupid as shit." <laughs> I know it's a good that was line. great. I liked that, and I really liked this match. It wasn't like the typical quote unquote New Japan main event style that people I think get used to. I don't think they did too much dumb stuff other than Jr. getting hurt the most <laughs> but uh i really like this match a lot and i like jay white i think he's really good and i i would i think if jay gets that title in the near future the heavyweight title i might have to watch a little bit more new japan yeah he's got a lot of potential so um i think i don't think he's quite all the way there yet, I think there's definitely a little bit of star, a little bit of an ick factor missing with him, a little. 
like when you look at him, you're kind of like, uh, I don't know. Yeah. You know, he just doesn't jump off the page to you. But I definitely think that's something that he can work on and grow into in time. Yeah. And Juice was really cool in this match. I'm personally not a big Juice fan. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> I think uh, he's awesome. So, I mean, I don't find he's terrible or anything. I'm just kind of like neutral. Like when they, you have those bars when you take a test, like don't agree or, or strongly disagree. I'm that button when it comes to Juice Robinson. I'm like right in the middle. His gear confused me. I don't know if he was going for like a pirate or like Paul Revere. <laughs> I was a little thrown off. And uh, Josh Burnett getting into the ring was funny as shit. Yeah, so let's get into that in a second. <laughs> but before we get to that, like there was a lot of cool stuff that Jay White did in this match. That I just noticed like um, at one point, like so Jay does his, Jay is like really put the backdrop suplex into his repertoire lately, which is I think a great addition for him. And like Juice is throwing these elbows. You know, like basically throwing these elbows behind him, like at Jay standing behind him, and is like slightly off balance. And the way Jay like grabbed him while he's off balance, throwing these elbows, and like put him into the right into the backdrop in one motion. I thought that was really cool. Um, sometimes wrestling moves can in, in New Japan too can look very like fucking, you know, cooperative or like, you know, it's your turn to do a move. Here's your move. So I like it a lot when a guy does a move when it looks like he fucking caught the guy off balance, you know? Like, it looks like they're in a fucking fight, and he got this backdrop because Juice was put himself off balance and put himself in position because of the way he was throwing these elbows. So I wanted to point that out. I like the other that. thing I wanted to bring up with Jay is he he's a heel. Yeah. No shit. Mean, he's like the only not one in fucking cool, company. Not like a, t- a cool hill tweener like Naito. He's not like Omega and Cody and the Bullet Club where people cheer him and everything. I don't think like Jay White's just like a heel. Yeah. And that doesn't really exist in New Japan. <laughs> he's a fucking guy. I mean, you know, we like him. Yeah. But. We're fucking hipsters, let's be real. But. <laughs> well, you know. But. Uh, but like. It, it just feels like he wants people to boo him. And he tries really hard to get people to boo him. Yeah. And it's very refreshing. In a, in a promotion where it feels like everybody has a fan. And, you know, no one seems like a true bad guy. Jay White is sort of being the true bad guy. And I very much enjoy that. So speaking of that, um, he almost killed Jr. <laughs> with that tossing. Jr. deserved it for talking <laughs> shit about Daryl. Okay, he tossed you to the he tossed you into the barricade, and you just see this. You see Jr. like Humpty Dumpty, just like slowly fall. I shouldn't. It's terrible. That I'm laughing at this, folks. Sorry. It was funny. What do you want from me? Like slowly falls over, and then Josh Barnett apparently in a fucking shoot. I mean, if you believe Meltzer and some other people, like, drops his fucking headset and chases Jay into the ring. And Jay White, and I mean, if this, if this was really real, it was fucking perfect. Jay White is a fucking chicken shit. He ran from this fucking old-ass announcer, who also happens to be a shooter, could probably kick his ass in real life. But he got the chance to run away like a coward after he took out his partner. And the crowd started chanting, fuck you, Switchblade. It was perfect. Like they could not have scripted it any better. I don't blame Jay and Juice for the barricade not being secure. Yeah, no shit. I agree. 
I think okay, I mean, some of the ire that Barnett and JR had shouldn't be directed toward those two as much as it should be directed toward New Japan for not having, as JR said, they don't have their shit together. It's a shit show out here. They both, like, apparently they both went and apologized to JR, and, like, after the show, JR did tweet out that Jay White's a good kid and whatever. So, yeah, I guess there isn't, like, heat there. But in the moment, it was fucking amazing. And, like, Josh chasing her all around, and the crowd like, was going If they don't do Barnett and Jay White, I think people are going to be upset. They should do it. They should fucking do it at this point. That should be a Wrestle September, Kingdom match. Special match. I was going to say September 30th, perfect. but you could, do, you could do Wrestle Kingdom. Just anything. I mean, that, that you know, why the fuck not? Um, but yeah, I mean, they, they, there was like six spots here. There was, uh, the, the juice doing the Russian leg sweep off the apron. Um, you know, Jay White gets that low blow in the juice cheats back with the cast. Like I said, I really just wish that had been the finish, the cast and the, that's my one big complaint is I wish the cast, uh, the cast knockout and the, I can only assume they were trying to project, protect Jay going into the G1. Yeah, because like, gonna... you didn't give a shit about protecting Evil and, and look, Sonata going exactly. into the G1. And you know what? So Jay, that Jay... seems to tell me Jay White might be getting some goods in this G1. I would. Yeah, he's, White, I think he's, he's someone that you need to keep your eye out on. He, he's going to beat Okada in night one, I think. But, but 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 here's my point: Juice hitting him with the cast and pinning him clean wouldn't have fucking mattered if Jay's going to beat Okada on night one. You know, it's not that big a deal. But anyway, this match, that, it's still nitpicking. This match is fucking awesome. Uh, Jay White is fucking awesome, and I'm glad he had a coming out party. It was, a, it was a very refreshing match. Yeah. I mean, if you and see, then, you if know, you watch nothing else from the show, make sure you watch this match, preferably with the English commentary. <laughs> so you can hear the, the reaction in real time. Yeah, and then Barnett's mic wouldn't work. And so JR had to commentate by himself for a little bit. That was pretty funny, too. Yeah. It's not funny that JR apparently got hurt, though. I will yeah, say that. That's actually sucks. not funny. Despite him patrolling for panties on Twitter and <laughs> being a terrible commentator for New Japan and all that stuff, I don't think you should wish injury like that on people. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, not on people like JR. I mean, there are people I think you could wish ill will on. Just. <laughs> Um, but so so good match though. The last chance to be positive. Very good <laughs> match. Awesome match. I'm glad you enjoyed it too because I never. I, I don't want to say I never know with you. That's not. <laughs> sounds a little too. I, I kind of purposely kept my opinions to myself. Yeah, I tweeted a little bit, but I kept a lot of them like in my in myself. But I'm yeah. ready to to have a loose explosion. <laughs> Oh my god, this main event. All right. Kenny Omega defending the IWGP heavyweight title against Cody. 30. Okay. Can they call her Brandy Rhodes, but they can't call him Cody Rhodes? Apparently. I don't know why. They they can't do it. I have no idea. Don't ask me why they can't. But 34-14. Whoever decided that this motherfucking match need to go almost 35 minutes fuck you <laughs> fuck you and fuck you you <laughs> brought this up at the beginning of the show and i'm just gonna go further into this this was a fucking wwe match yeah and you know extreme rules is this weekend i think yeah there will be better stuff on extreme rules than this match oh yeah night 
I mean, if 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 there isn't, then that's gonna be up there with backlash for the worst. This isn't me like being a WWE fan or anything like that. I just thought this match was awful, and it was like everything that Kenny Omega says that he's not. It was that's fucking, the thing that got me. First of all, it was fucking boring. Like I, mean, I can't, maybe if you watch Being the Elite or whatever. I watched me <laughs> Then maybe you'll really be into this. Like I uh, didn't know who the head the Ted Bear was that came out with Cody. Like, Bernard the Business Bear. He's okay. not Andresa the Giant Panda. Let's time time out for one second. Time for one second. I wanna I wanna assure you of this. I watch being the elite every week. That fucking bear is still completely pointless. They don't explain what the fuck it is or why I should care about it. It's just there. So Daryl could don't... fuck up that bear. Don't give them the excuse. Don't give yourself like, oh, I don't do want match. the show. But the bear sell for Daryl. Like people have Yoshiki matches in DDT. Even if you watch Being the Elite every fucking week, that bear is fucking stupid. <laughs> That's the story. Um, I mean, look the, the the beginning. You know, there's a double stomp through a table. You know, what do you do? Um, after that, we had a very boring, like, long cravat by Cody. Uh, who the fuck told me it was Chris Hero? I just can't get over that. People that watch New Japan don't want to watch stuff like this. And it was... That's, I what, like, I, that's what I thought. I mean, but, and I'm like, this, this, is, this is what people bitch about when they watch WWE. Do you but, know why? Why did you? Why did we start watching Puro, right? I started watching Puro because I like seeing people have wrestling matches. That's yeah. what I enjoy. I started watching because Sakuraba knocked Nakamura out. <laughs> I mean, and I thought I, that was cool as shit. I I mean, I got what I got. What hooked me originally was like um, was Toriyaman, so that was a little wacky, but not this kind of wacky. And Noah in like early two thousand. That's what hooked me originally. So like you know, New Japan. What what do I what are my favorite New Japan matches? You know, Nakamura Ibushi, Nakamura Sakuraba, Naito Tanahashi, um, Naito Nakamura. Just re- reading off matches right it now. Even just, Naito, even you know what? Naito Omega. Two people having a wrestling match. That's what I love about New Japan. This was not it. <laughs> this was this was two people. Like, like I said, it just felt like a WWE match. It was so slow. And, it took so long to set up every single fucking and you, spot. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say this. And first off, if you like Bullet Club and you're a big fan, don't take this personally before I state this. I think a lot of Bullet Club fans these days are people yeah. that really still do like WWE, but it's like, oh, they WWE sucks now, so I'm gonna go watch Bullet Club. <laughs> and so they probably love, I mean, I'm sure they did love this match, because yeah. it's more of what they like watching. But I think for people that are really New Japan fans, they probably didn't really like this as much. Yeah. Because it didn't feel like a New Japan match, and I—that's what I when it, when I said I think they have an issue of trying to strike the the correct balance because people want to see the quote unquote authentic New Japan when they come to America. They don't want to see a, a a Ring of Honor Ring of Honor light or new or WWE light. They don't want to see that, yeah. and this match felt like WWE to me from yeah. 
the spots they did to the interference they did to the pre-match stuff that I watched I mean, to the post-match like, stuff, which I didn't. Felt, you know what it felt like? Actually, it felt like Gargano Champa. <laughs> That's what it felt like with the zooming, you know, and on people's fucking faces, and like go to the point where you felt like they're going up their fucking nostrils. To like, you know, we gotta wait and see them make their big dramatic faces every time they do a fucking move. What are the young bucks feeling about this? And that like, fucking it that... isn't as if that this this match doesn't have an audience. Yeah, because I mean, all in sold out. Yeah, I mean that we know of. I I want to see the pictures. There's this Noah fan <laughs> on Twitter, and he's like a teenager or something, and he's in high school, and he like goes and he like counts every head. In pictures from Cork and Hall shows, <laughs> it's sensational. I I need that guy to count the people at All In for me <laughs> because um, I, I I just have a really hard time believing that there'll <laughs> actually be that many people there. Uh, Call I, me I, crazy. I'll let I you know. I guess believe it. Um, but the Bucks melodrama was so fucking stupid. They're in a wrestling match with each other for the IWGP Heavyweight Title. Why are you fucking out there freaking out? You tried to kick Cody in the face. And then, Kenny like, Omega on. says, you know, oh, people say, I need to do this to be the best, and I need to go to WWE to be the best. And, uh, and, and then he, like, he, he does a fucking WWE match. I know. I, I mean, don't fucking, there's no, there There is nothing I, I care less about in modern pro wrestling than fucking ladders. If I really wanted to watch ladders, I would I would have watched Money in the Bank. You know, a few weeks ago. Oh, it's, okay. Red Shoes, the damn ladder was in the match for like 15 minutes. Red <laughs> Shoes is just like walking around the thing acting like it doesn't exist. <laughs> and that was so like pissed. I'd be pissed too. <laughs> that pissed me off. I know. They should have just called it no DQ. Like, what the what? fuck? That's my thing. Why didn't they just call it a no DQ match? Yeah. I'm so um, confused by that. But for all that, for the ladder and the table, it was just also so fucking boring. And then the stuff was with so Randy. Slow. I'm like, who gives a shit? Get out the damn ring. No offense. You know? <laughs> yeah, the Bucks is like, oh my God. I, don't I thought the Bucks care. weren't supposed to be at ringside. I thought I don't they were fuck- supposed to be between Cody and Kenny. I don't care that the Bucks don't want you to beat up Cody. You kick the man in the fucking face. You try to. To have I don't care what win. the young books want, quite frankly. Yeah. I want these two men are trying to win the IWGP Heavyweight Title. You're telling me that it you felt know, like all the 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 Bullet Club stuff was more important than the actual title. And you're telling you're telling me that you're okay with Kenny Omega hitting him, getting a running start, and kneeing him in the skull repeatedly. That's okay. And it what's this stuff with Omega? Like, he hits, like, 15 V-triggers in the match now. But, but like, but what does I'm saying, though? You're okay with him hitting, like, 15 V-triggers, kneeing a man in the head with a running start. That's fine. Whatever damage it does to Cody, we're, we're cool. That's fine. But a ladder! Hold the phone! A fucking ladder! Now you're going too far. Like, I'm sorry. The knee in the head is pretty bad, it, too. You know, th- I... Fully and readily admit, people love this shit. Yeah, I don't love it, and it. If I had any notion of ever really coming back to watch New Japan, which I fucking don't, <laughs> uh, that match would have turned it, it completely turned <laughs> me off. I don't want to watch that. I don't either. And like, and the, the sad thing is, Kenny can Kenny can have great matches about this shit, but like two of the matches that people are going to hold up this year are, are this and the fucking Jericho match. At the dome, and neither one of them like 
it's both the same shit. Like, I don't want to watch him do that. I don't want to watch that in New Japan. I'm sure Kenny and Naito next week are going to have a great match. That's the complete opposite of this. And, you know, I'm gonna, I'm looking forward to seeing it. But I just, just get this shit. I don't, Kenny needs to stop bringing this shit. And Cody, too. If it's, if it's stop him. with a lot of stuff. <laughs> and bringing this shit into New Japan. Because I don't want to watch it. It's not what I watch New Japan for. It's not what a lot of people watch New Japan for. And cut the fuck out. Just save it for your fucking Ring of Honor dates. It's just, to me, like, you want to present yourself as being an alternative to WWE when you put on a main event that's going to be a lesser... I think it's going to be a lesser match than yeah. the stuff that we're going to see Sunday. Well, I'm not going to see it because I'm not going to watch Extreme Rules. <laughs> but the, it'll be, it won't be as good as stuff on Extreme Rules. I don't think there's any chance in hell. I think there yeah. will be something on Extreme Rules that will be better than this match. And it won't I go mean, 34 minutes. That's true. The 34. Like, that's the worst part, honestly. Is the fucking 30. Why does every match have to go 30 plus minutes? I mean, Look, I'm going to talk about this, too, because this shit pisses me off. Okada is supposed to be, like, the greatest damn wrestler ever. Ever in New Japan. Why is every fucking match that he has, like, 30 minutes? He should be beating people in, like, 10 minutes. 15 minutes. It's true. If he's that damn good, it shouldn't take him that long to beat someone. Um, don't, don't come at me with, oh, he's the GOAT. No. No, 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 no. The the end of this match I have to give special hate to because it was probably the dumbest fucking I didn't think sequence. that was going to be the end. That was, like, really anticlimactic. Okay. I was like, wait, so, what? Let's get this whole, let's get this whole thing. Kenny lifts up Cody and gives him a fucking powerbomb from inside the ring onto a table on the floor. He missed the middle, so it didn't fucking break. It looked like it sucked. Onto a table on the floor, okay? One of the sicker spots I've seen in a while. Really sick spot. An enormous powerbomb from the inside of the ring to the outside. Okay. What's the next thing that happens? Cody recovers. Back in the ring. Ducks a V-trigger. Hits a lariat. They do a fucking strike exchange. 30-something minutes of this match after all, after the man was just powerbombed on the fucking floor. And then Kenny hits uh, the double underhook power driver and the warming angel gets the pin. What the fuck was the fucking point of steps two and three in that fucking sequence? They just why should have you, made the match no DQ. Why would you give a guy a powerbomb from inside the ring to the outside if the next fucking spot is going to be him hitting a Larry on you and then doing a fucking strike exchange. Don't you think he should be selling the fucking power bomb to the floor? And if you're just going to go to the finish anyway. He got up from the power bomb. He should have got laid there. He should have laid there. No, Mega should have won on a count out. Or even, even if you, you know what, if you want to be like, Cody has such great fighting spirit, he beats the 20 count. Cody ain't in the damn G1. Who cares about his fighting spirit? But he rolls back in the ring at 19. Kenny picks him up, hits the double unhook pile driver, hits the one with Angel, pin. That would have been perfect. Like, all this shit with Cody, fine. he ain't in the damn G1, too. Let's put that out there. <laughs> he would have been perfectly fucking fine of a finishing sequence. Powerbomb, beats the count, pick him up. It's like the fucking Hunter and Foley thing from Backlash 2000, where Hunter gave Foley that fucking backdrop through the cell, and Foley got to, like, slowly climb out of, the, out of the fucking wreckage to show how tough he was, and then Hunter hits the pedigree and he wins. Because it makes no sense. Foley didn't start fucking throwing forearms right after, because that'd be fucking stupid. You don't have a giant spot like that that looks like it's fucking death, and then have the guy get back in the ring and hit a lariat and go to a strike exchange. That makes no fucking sense. It's one of the dumbest fucking layouts for a match conclusion I've ever seen in my life. 
And I don't know who the fuck's fault it was, but it, it reminds me a lot of other pro- uh, problems I have with a lot of Kenny uh, map structures. He just does not know how to structure a fucking match sometimes. He needs like a Naito or, I mean, sometimes Okada, sometimes Okada can't even do it, to roll to rein him in. And Cody sure as fuck wasn't the guy to do it. So, I don't know. That I, I, I really hate, like that... Hey, if you like the match, that's good too. <laughs> that finishing sequence is what took the match down from like, I don't know, like two stars or two and a half or something to like a one star or like a dud. Like a fucking piece of shit match. And that, that was that entire finishing sequence. I, if you liked it, like Jesse said, I'm happy for you. But that finishing sequence was so fucking stupid. <laughs> Man. I, I, so why did he not just... I put it on Twitter the other day. There's been one moment in time where the Bullet Club was ever cool. That was the very first time Devitt turned on Tsuguchi. <laughs> and ever since then, Bullet Club has been trash. Like, it just went down from there. And it just <laughs> went on rolling. Just keep it on going. And now we have, like, two different Bullet Clubs. There's like, three! It's like the NRA Club. <laughs> That's what I'm going to call them. Um, NRA Club here. But, yeah, that but was really... three? I, I don't know. I think NWO count. only had two. They had the Wolfpack, yeah. and then they had the NWO Black and White. So... Um, them having three is like, yeah. I mean, the post match angle is kind of cool. If you if 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 you didn't if I didn't know it was going to happen, I'm sure I would have been surprised because it was like an NXT angle where they waited so long for the, after the end. I don't watch New Japan, and I wasn't surprised. Um, I'll just put that out there. <laughs> I, I I mean, you kind of had to figure this was coming. Okay, so they all yeah, Haku and Tamatong and Tangaloa. Why isn't Haku in the G1? <laughs> just... Everyone was bitching. Oh, Sakamoto only stored the G1. Why weren't y'all bitching that Haku should work the G1? Yeah, Haku, Ke- Haku and Kenny is like the match I most want to see out of this. So I'm sure we're not going to... Put gonna- Haku on MSG. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so they beat down everybody, basically. Uh, they're the firing squad. They managed to make a shirt. That he- I mean, they're taking this from everybody else, but they managed to make a shirt that looks even more fascist than the normal Bullet Club shirt. So that's an achievement, I guess. Um, but yeah, that's the show. Um I didn't hate it most of the way, but God, that main event was so fucking bad. It just reminded me of why I stopped watching New Japan. It's just so fucking terrible, that fucking main event. And, like, God, you know, I am Kenny. I'm not out here to hate on Kenny. People are going to think I really hate Kenny now. I don't hate I gave his match with Okada at Dominion four and three quarter stars. I think they had a, the best match of their four. I think it was fucking awesome, and that was like a whatever you think of Kenny Nokata, that was more of what I want to see in like a New Japan style match. But like this title reign, he he immediately overshadows this match because he may, he cuts his promo about Naito and the Japanese the the lazy Japanese roster. So you know, making this match already look like even if you want to say that was totally kayfabe, which I guess it probably was. It made this match even more of a foregone conclusion because Kenny doesn't even give a shit enough to cut a promo on Cody. Always cutting promos on is Naito and the G1. So clearly he's already looking past it. I mean, if you didn't know Kenny was winning this match, you were a fucking brain dead moron. I hate to tell you. Um, so that's that's number one. Number two, you know, then, he, then the fucking disaster that was that stupid video game show, you know, doing what he did in that dark match and having New Japan's name attached to that and just booking a, a pretty <laughs> stupid show that drew like 1,600 people or something. Like All I have to say crowd. about CEO is that an Eddie player won the Tekken tournament, and that was fucking cool. <laughs> but um, 
you know, that happens. And then, you know, and then here's his first title defense in America. You know, it did okay. Well, you forget. You're skipping the step of when he told someone, I'm disappointed in you for judging (laughs) me like that. Like, oh, my God. Yeah, Kenny's the victim. He's also really the Japanese guy here. (laughs) I've said this many times before. Kenny Omega is of a certain age. And I don't think people that are maybe younger than us understand this. Kenny Omega is the guy that you were in high school with. And he was the guy that like loved anime. And he would... Well, he would like import DVDs and he had laser discs even. Like Yeah, more hardcore than me, I guess. Oh oh yeah. And he would be like, When I finish high school, I'm moving to Japan. Yeah, I want to get away from Canada in this instance. Because Japan is like the best. And Kenny Omega actually did it. And he's one of and I tend to think he's one of those people. And I know a lot of them. And so a lot of the stuff Omega says and a lot of the stuff Omega does isn't a shock to me because yeah. he's of a certain mindset. Not that that mind, I'm not saying that mindset is any better or worse than anyone else's, but yeah. I definitely think you have to be of a certain age and of a certain generation to fully get sometimes what Omega is trying to do with certain things and certain things that he says too. And he doesn't think of himself um, like he, you know, I, in a weird way, he doesn't. He probably doesn't think of himself as a white guy. Like, let's be real. Like, he thinks of himself well, as like. I I don't think we know enough about Kenny yeah. Omega to say that. Like when like, people I, when people accuse him of being racist, I totally do believe that he does come at that from like, what the fuck are you talking about? I love Japan so much. How can I be racist? Exactly. I'm sure, I'm sure he has. That I, I think he has the mindset of I love Japan. I've lived here. I've learned the language. So how can you tell me that I'm racist? Yeah. Kind of like the uh, like Grace chick that was on Twitter saying, I'm not racist. I have a black boyfriend. Yeah. But he thinks he's immune. It's one of those kind of things. It's like, well, those two aren't necessarily equivalents of each other. And I'm not saying Kenny Omega's racist. Yeah, I don't think I he don't is think either. He's racist. Yeah. I just think he puts his he foot in his mouth. I don't think, think he's a great talker at all. Yeah. I, I agree. I mean, he... I mean, my girlfriend always asked me, like, what is he doing? Like, is he... Because he, he does those fucking pauses every two like. And I like I'm Kenny Omega. I just want to put that there. Talking. I like Kenny Omega. I think if I met Kenny Omega in person, we would get along fantastically. Because we like a lot of the same stuff. Yeah. So it, it isn't that I don't... I dislike Kenny Omega or anything like that. It's just he says, I think, some naive things at times. And I don't think he understands the impact of what he says at times, too. I think he tries to pick and choose who he represents and then, like, say and anyone that doesn't go along with him, it's like, oh, you're just judging me. Yeah. But, anyway, the bigger point I'm trying to make here it's is just, like, his title reigns not true. I would say you can say. love Kenny Omega, but you can still say he does really dumb shit. Like everyone. He's human. We all do dumb shit. It's okay. Um, but Omega, not after Grave started his title reign, and his title defense wasn't very He should big. just like shut up for a little bit then. Just like Yeah. We'll tweet see how he is in the G Fighter, I guess. Tweet, tweet about, about Street, Street Fighter. Fighter. Um Evo's coming up. Just tweet about Evo and tweet about Street Fighter. Let's get 
let's get into the questions because we're already getting close to two hours here, which is amazing on one show. Um, okay, we are before we get into the questions. Actually, let's quickly touch on a couple big things that happened in promotions that you actually do follow. Um, how yeah. about DDT like absorbing DNA? What do you think about that? Uh, not shocked by it. Uh, I definitely give it to Kagi's point that Manji Man Manji Manji. Or, I'm white. I cannot say any of these words properly. Uh, <laughs> I'm white and I'm southern at that. Uh, I definitely think that the Tuesday shows have sort of been a better focal point for the young talent than DNA. Uh, they don't have enough new guys coming in to facilitate DNA right now either. And these guys have all been working DDT. They're yeah. not unknown quantities and there's certainly a aspect of it where people don't take them as seriously because they're not ddt roster guys yeah they're, so i, I, I agree i totally uh, agree with you. i, I definitely think that there will be people that are in dna now that will not go to ddt and i think probably the biggest one is iwasaki I oh think, you think he's gonna go to basara i think he'll go to basara because he and uh nakatsu have a thing against one another and i think that having that trio of Abe, Nakatsu, and Iwasaki would be great for Basara. They can really build around those three guys. And he said something to where he needs to think about where he can best show himself. So who's, I don't. The real big question, though, who is going to Gambare? <laughs> so, and I don't think he'll necessarily be the only person either. I think maybe Shimomura might go to Basara as well. I would say those two. I can see going to Basara. Uh, there's some obvious guys that are just going to stay with DDT. Umeda, Mao, Watase, yeah. Shunma, Ueno. Those guys will all stay. But I, de I think the, the key guy to that will not stay is Iwasaki. I think he will go to Basara. But who's going to Gambare? <laughs> the best part of it was uh, Shimatani saying he'll even go to Tokyo Joshi. <laughs> yeah, that was good. That um, guy is like a mini Daisuke Sasaki. It's yeah. so good. Like, I definitely think Sasaki's kind of like put his arm around him and been like, listen, dude, you might be short, but it doesn't matter in DDT. If you work on your character and that kind of stuff, you can be like a really big thing in this company. It will take a while, but don't give up. And I think that's awesome. I like. I definitely see that sort of relationship there between the two of them. Yeah, um, I'm gonna miss the DNA shows, but yeah, I like the DNA shows. I really my, did. One of my favorite things from when I went to Japan last summer was that DNA one night tournament that Yoshimura won. That was a beer garden show. So yeah, I would say uh, Naomi Naomi Kingdom is definitely gonna stick around DDT as well. He's someone else. Well, That'll maybe be. They, they will probably. Back. They'll bring DNA back someday when they have the, the right. They roster. are recruiting, so if you are out there and you're a wrestler and you would like to have a tryout with DDT, uh, you might want to hit up the DDT English Twitter account. Maybe they can give you a bit more information than I can, because yeah. I don't even know where to find the application. Uh, Tokyo Joshi has been getting quite a few new recruits, and they were looking for people as well. I think they have like five or six girls now that they're training at one time. Yeah, they're much more high profile. So, uh, and we don't really know if there's anyone in DNA right now, but they are looking for people. Well, not DNA. DNA's like defunct. Yeah. 
It's like boys. They haven't run a boy show in forever either. Um, what like what about Big Japan? What did you think of um, Azami Kodaka and Takeda? It got like a ton of buzz outside the usual deathmatch circle, and you know it's probably number two match of the year right now. Yeah, I, it's not my match of the year. It was for like twenty four hours, and then the DDT match happened. Well, we might talk about that because I had a question about it. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was really, really good. I think there's some underlying stuff that if you don't watch and follow Big Japan, you might have kind of went under the radar for you. And that just enhanced the match to me. Uh, these are two of the best deathmatch wrestlers in Japan. Uh, Masashi Takeda is probably the best wrestler in Japan this year. I would say so. I personally think so. Uh, I'm a bit insulted that people think deathmatches are the lowest form of wrestling. Uh, I don't think that at all, especially in Japan. You have to have a certain kind of... You can't just go out and hit each other with light tubes in yeah. Japan. You and actually this have... Like, this idea that like the like this match really stood out compared to other matches because they were they all all of the ones they just hit each other with light tubes. I mean, did you see the Takeda, you know, and Taka, uh, Masaya Takayashi matches before? I mean, what the fuck? I don't know. I'll say this. I think the match at Death Vegas last year was better than this match. Hmm. I like this I, I, I had to think I, I had to think about it for a little bit. But I really do, like I think I said at first this was the best match of Takeda's reign, but after searching my soul for a little bit, I still think that Death of Vegas match was better. I like this better, but it was But it was, I will say if you hungry. don't like blood, don't watch that match. <laughs> um but yeah, I mean it's Amiko Doc, I think everybody kinda knows that that guy's really good too, so and Takeda's got plenty of hype lately, so well, I'm I'm excited to see Takeda. Takeda is both the Big Japan and Freedom's champ, which yeah. is pretty crazy if you don't understand some of the dynamics that work there. So and he's a reigning All Japan Junior Tag Tag uh, Tournament champion. So. He's working the. I didn't think he'd work the tag tournament this yeah. year, and he is. I was like, "What? Takeda's there?" Yeah, oh, I was like, "Oh." Like, I don't know these people who think he, if you really. Cannot bring yourself to watch a death match, and you think that Takeda like just hits people with light tubes or something. Just watch him in that tournament because he's he's a very good wrestler. Which I don't think people who think death match wrestlers can't or can't wrestle in in Japan at least like it's just not true. Like it has no basis in reality. So I will say know. these are probably the two best death match wrestlers in Japan right now. Yeah, outside of Kasai and. Masaoka. I think these are the two guys. But I don't expect to see Kasai and Masaoka in Big Japan. Yeah. But really, really good match. And definitely go out of your way to see it if you haven't seen that yet. Um, Hideki right. just like straight up kicking Nomura in the head was awesome too, by yeah, the way. Yeah, I mean, I gave that four and a half. That was awesome. Like a, a, one of the best 10 minute matches you'll ever see, probably. Um, I just got to say, I'm just going to say this really quick. People need to keep in mind. Nomura is like two years into his career. Yeah. He's still like a rookie. And he had a great fucking match for a rookie. It'll be okay. So. Just like, yeah. <gasps> deep breaths. <laughs> He's not buried. Big Japan didn't make a mistake. Yeah. It's all good. I agree. I agree completely. All right. Let's get into these questions. First of all, the guest on next week's show, Kevin at Duriki Noi, he says, Talk about big love. I just watched this last night. They're fucking awesome. Uh, this is Asuka and Daisuke Sasaki, for those not keeping score at home. 
Um, I love Daisuke Sasaki because he's not willing to. I won't say he made a fool of himself so much, yeah. but he's he's willing to work with people. It doesn't matter who it is. Uh, I actually had a bit of a concern with Asuka. I didn't know if she was calling herself the first genderless wrestler in Japan or not, but she is. It's in her Twitter bio. So that's something that DDT took from her specifically. I was a little concerned about that. I was like, is that something DDT came up with or is that like something that she's doing? Oh, I don't no, know. I knew. I did know. I knew that actually. Cause I, I didn't I, know. I was like, oh, yeah. you know, I mean, DDT. Announced, do you know how I knew that actually? <laughs> she was on in the main event, like YMZ show I went to and they announced her as that. So. I was, I was a little concerned cause you know, DDT, they aren't like the best at this kind of stuff. Let's be no. real. I mean, so far, so far, I don't know. If there's a joke, the joke is like the Daisuke's girlfriend is like stronger than he is, basically. Like, and, and I, I don't know. I don't think that's trans. I, I mean, I, I maybe somebody could tell me otherwise, but I don't think there's anything transphobic about it. I don't know. I don't think so either. I mean, the joke just seems to be that Daisuke's girlfriend could kick his ass. I don't really know. Like, the, they did that joke with Daisuke. I mean, they kind of said that he likes exotic girls, but. Sasaki's been a horn dog for like every Sasaki actually that shows up. He was also really into Heidi Katrina. Yeah, just another like, and she's a cis woman, but she's like fucking jacked. And the same, it was like the same joke that she could like kick his ass. Mm -hmm. She's taller and stronger. I love Big Love, and I love that (laughs) they're showcasing Asuka like this. She deserves it. She's great. She's still. Is she still just nineteen? Like yeah, she hasn't. She's really young. She hasn't had her twentieth birthday yet. Is that is that true? She needs to stop all the illegal drinking. <laughs> I have to think that she she's twenty by now. I'm not entirely sure when her birthday is. Uh, October twenty seventh, nineteen ninety eight. Wow! So she is. <laughs> yeah. Nineteen. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, the big love stuff is great. It's a lot of fun. So so look. Um, the, the the match is funny because so Daisuke kept like you know they kept colliding accidentally and at the end um <laughs> she just like basically gets but fucking uh Makoto Oishi who's not as big as her like tried to choke slam her and she just gets pissed off and just fucking she just choke her. slams him and like, she has a dark suplex on her Gucci it's like oh what she just destroyed him with that choke slam it was like a vicious vicious choke slam and then at the end of the match, you know, she basically won the match single-handedly for the team. She I think them. that's the joke. Yeah. I think the fun. joke is Sasaki can't win the match yeah. if Asuka isn't beating people up for him. And then they, she hits the choke slam, then hits the moonsault. And at the end, she, she's looking at Daisuke, and she's got like an angry look on her face, and Daisuke's like doing the pleading like husband kind of thing, like, calm down, sweetie. And then he starts leading the crowd in a chant of big love, and her face, like, slowly goes from angry to happy and she starts bobbing her head back and forth and starts chanting big love and, and just, or she just says like big love once well, apparently <laughs> there's a big love shirt coming out and like they have a big hug and it's fucking awesome but yeah so big love is fucking awesome and that match is awesome um you know it's the kind of thing DT excels at where like there was like some great action in there but just like the character stuff was just so much fucking fun in that match so Definitely go out of where you see Big Love. That's from this week's Maji Manji. And there is gonna... no episode next week, so you have plenty of time to watch the previous And they're going to have some some kind of singles match at the Corpus. Yes, they are having a singles <laughs> match. I'm 
a little apprehensive. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. It's DDT. Yeah. Never a know week, what's going to happen. It's a week from Saturday of the Corrigan show or Sunday. Uh, one of those. So uh, I'm a little apprehensive about it, about how it's going to go. Um, okay. So let's see. Question here from Titsia Naito uh, at TX underscore TXMZ. Um, longtime follower. What's up? If you could, how would you book current Big Japan? Um, look, I don't got no problem with the deathmatch side. Um, the strong side, they've made a lot of mistakes. Uh, I don't I, think there's some mistakes they can recover from on the strong side. Uh, I, really I would say put the tag then. titles on Kamatani and Daichi. Yeah. And I just think they're sort of plodding around until Okabayashi comes back at this point. Yeah, because um, Deki's like beaten everyone twice over except for Sekimoto, which he's like drawn. Yeah, I think so they're just, they're just waiting. I just think they're sort of waiting for Okabayashi to come back, and Okabayashi is like not supposed to be back until their Sumo Hall show, which is later in the year, like in yeah, November. Yeah, it's November. Yep. I mean, I guess I would have Okabayashi beat him, beat a Deki, and then I would, I would try again with one of these fucking kids. I would try. Well, this is the thing with Okabayashi. He and Kawakami have had a long-standing issue with each other. Yeah, and so, so I kind of think be, I would have Kawakami beat Okabayashi. Yes, and then I would give like Kawakami a, a reign. Like, yeah, like, have him be try. He to me, he shows a certain potential to be like, uh, like a maybe like a like a subtle heel champion, if you want to go in that direction. But like, try something like. Trying, you know, Daichi after, just it just didn't work with that. Yeah, Daichi didn't work. Kamatani didn't work. I mean, well, Kamatani really didn't get much of a shake either. Let's put that out there. Yeah, that's true. Daichi got I mean, a shake and it didn't work. But yeah, and um, you, you can't keep. I mean, I think, and I'm not just saying this because I love him. I think if Kazuki wasn't a junior, he would be perfect to beat Hideki because yeah. he's smaller than him. And Hideki teases him a lot. And Kazuki can keep up with him on the mat. So I think that would, he would be perfect to beat him. But he's busy being a junior. Yeah. I th- so. But yeah, so we're in agreement. Yuji beats Hideki and Kawakami beats Yuji. That's what I would do too. Um, None of that whether, who knows that will happen, right? It's big Japan. It's like fucking discuss, trying to discuss CMLL booking. It's like. I will say, it's not as confusing as people think it is. Mm. It's just, when you think they're like, finally have this person beat that person, they never do it. Yeah. But the lead up to that stuff is never that strange. Um, Alright, so next question at Neighbor Mania on Twitter. After Hiromu's injury, I saw comments from concerned fans and journos about how New Japan matches have gradually gotten more dangerous, especially since Omega Okada broke the Meltzer scale. Do you think that's true? I've been watching since Resident Kingdom 9, and it seems about the same to me. I mean, we kind of uh, talked about this already. Yeah. I would say yes and no. Um, I don't think it's significantly more dangerous. I definitely don't think it's comparable to the All Japan Noah like, head drop days. Like, Go back and watch those fucking matches. Like, They were doing head drop after head drop after head drop after head drop after head drop. It's just not, it's not comparable to that. Um, but there are, are, is there some shit that I feel like has gone a little too far? That fucking German, assisted German, like, throw suplex that Omega and Ibushi do in their tag matches, I wish they would never, like, they never need to do that again. 
Like that. They I would drop. say there's just certain things they do in these matches that need, like you're like, you yeah. don't need to do that. They drop and Nitro. Like I said, especially when they start doing this stuff after they've already had a 30 minute match. Yeah. As they drop Nitro head first. You know, I'll, I'll borrow Dave Meltzer. You know, <laughs> uh, they don't have like water bottles out there. Yeah. No shit. <laughs> no, it's not like Dragon Gate, where they're yeah. like hydrating. You know. Um. But yeah, so that's that's basically what I would say. Um, I think I think there are some there's some stuff that's, you know, I, I wish they would drop like those that assisted German. I thought Naito was going to die at the Zero Show. Amazingly, it was apparently okay. But like overall, I don't think I think it's a little overblown. Um, next question from at El Stop Spot. Uh, he basically said, "Will you be discussing the return of Morishima?" Well, we haven't sure. discussed it yet. It's it's pretty so, awesome, right? Uh, he's not under a Noah contract. We left huh. it out there. He's yeah, no. a freelancer, and I expect him to work some All Japan, which would be a big addition for them. Uh, because he's in his. He did an interview before the Power Hall show, which is why I was a little confused at people saying, "Oh, we need to wait and see what he said." And he just said the same stuff that he said in that interview, yeah. but. Uh, he said that he was working at a nursing home. He was a uh, assistant at the nursing home, and he just decided to buy a ticket to an All Japan show last year, in November. And he went to the show, and he it said it really inspired him to come back. And there was also a local promotion, I think, in Gifu is how you say it, prefecture. Gifu, yeah. Yeah, there was a local indie promotion there that had approached him and asked him to come and help out in training the people at the promotion. And he said just really got him inspired to come back to wrestling. And he didn't really retire so much because of injury. It was mental fatigue. He was yeah. like just completely burnt out. And so he said, you know, I feel, you know, and I apologize to the fans for thinking that I retired because I was ill. That's not, I mean, I was ill in a different way, yeah. but I was not physically ill. Which, by the way, is you know that's that's real. I mean, that's like not. I don't know. People, I saw people being like, "Oh, you faked this." I'm like, "Well, he, if if a man's not in a mental state to to be wrestling, that you know, mental health is health too. Like, come on." But anyway, you know, uh, Maho in Tokyo Joshi is out right now because yeah, for mental health reasons, for mental like struggling with the stress and everything that comes with being a wrestler, it's not easy. You yeah. know, even in a promotion like Tokyo Joshi or a promotion like Noah, uh, these people go through intense scrutiny and pressure. I mean, we say all kinds of things on Twitter about everyone, <laughs> and we don't help anything. But uh, I definitely see that, and so I'm glad Morishima's back. I I do think he'll work Noah. I don't think he'll completely write them off, but I don't foresee him as being reborn in Noah. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't think that's going to happen, but um, I definitely think he'll work some all Japan. That would be a huge boost for them. So let's say we'll, it'll be cool to see. And um, his come his comeback match is a singles match. Who do you think he's going to have a match against? They haven't announced it yet, right? No, they have announced uh, it's a singles match. I mean, it'd be, wouldn't one. it be awesome if it was Choshu? I think it might be Suwama. Oh, that's very possible. I just I would, think it shows these two big fat guys just fucking getting at it. But the Suwama but, uh, one Yeah. And the rest of the show, I think, is going to be sort of like his 
vision of what he likes in wrestling and what he wants to see. So that'll be a little bit interesting too. Yeah. And then the main event is a sing- is Morishima's comeback match and it's a singles match. So I think it'll be either Suwama or Akiyama. That's the two I'm picking. I think it'll be someone from all Japan. Both would be cool. Um, let's see. At Thoros, who do you think would make interesting and fresh challengers for the two main Big Japan belts from inside or outside the company? We kind of touched on this a little bit, but like... Masaoka. Yeah. Daisuke Masaoka from Freedoms for challenging for the Big Japan title. I would lose my shit so do- hard. Or Violento Jack. I yeah. would probably cry tears of blood <laughs> if that were to happen. For the strong title. For the strong title? How about Hideki against... Oh god, I'm trying to think of somebody. Who Hideki against Morishima. Hideki against Morishima. How about Hideki Morishima. versus... Or he, can't book, he can't book a fucking finish, but Hideki versus Fujita. Uh, it's hard with Big Japan. They haven't been bringing in that many outsiders lately. But Fujita's coming soon. That's why I thought of him. Just for a tag no. match, but... Mm, I don't know who else you could do. Maybe Higuchi. You yeah, bring him in from that'd DDT. That'd be fun. And have him have a match or something. I think that'd you be don't cool. see, You don't want to see Hideki against old Ironhead? No? I don't know what I want with Hideki. I like Hideki. <laughs> I do too. It's just, I don't know who's going to beat Hideki at this point other than Yuji. Yeah. Um, all right, so Skyler uh, at Twitter.com. What is the next candidate for a company to get dragon gated? He, he, like, he basically says that's bait, completely fucked by veterans and backstage politics. New Japan. New Japan. <laughs> um, no, I don't, I don't know. Not New Japan. Uh, maybe Noah? Yeah, yeah. Like, everything just seems to go wrong in Noah. Like, anytime they get any kind of sort of forward momentum, something happens. Yeah. Uh, I don't I don't know who else it would really happen to. Yeah, I mean, like, Wrestle 1 doesn't really have anywhere to fall to, unfortunately. Um, as much as I like them, but it's just, you can't, you have to have something there to implode in the first place. Uh, but yeah, I, don't, I can't think of any good ones. I, I, don't, all, think- I don't think All Japan is... Uh, it's weird. All Japan are kind of like in a similar situation to Wrestle 1. They don't have very big rosters, but uh, All Japan brings in a lot of outsiders. Yeah. and they, so they I can't see All Japan being someone that'll just like implode to because like they don't just, they don't have that many people there. And DDT is like such a well-oiled machine. But I don't know. It well, if Irie like... would leave, it wouldn't mean shit to me. <laughs> so he speaking, can bounce. Speaking of... Um, Adam Murphy at a Murphy underscore seventy. Who should be the one to take the belt off Irie? I have a couple of opinions on this. So, I still think the Peter Pan main event. Peter Pan's not until October. We have a long way to go. Uh, I still think they might do Irie versus Takao because Soma has the Peter Pan Sumo Hall streak. Yes, the Undertaker at WrestleMania thing going on. Never yeah. lost there, and that's Team Drift. You know, Soma joined Damnation. They're, they're, they're doing a little stuff with Juggalo Gun, as I call them. And, <laughs> and Damnation, too. They're, they're starting slowly to do that. So yeah. I think maybe Soma. 
uh, Akito has a right to challenge contract. I think it would be really funny if he cashed in and beat Irie. That would be funny. Uh, I think if someone like Hirata gets a contract again and beats Irie and makes him super pissed off that a comedy guy beat him, that would be really great too. Yeah. Um, that's what I, that's what I would do. By the way, that would be my answer. As I would have, I would have Hirata or some other comedy guy beat him for the title. We haven't had a real comedy guy as champion in like fucking years now. I don't think Dino should beat him. I think I don't think so either. I don't think I think you need to not do that with him. Uh, I definitely think Irie is being Karashima next in two weeks, like not this Sunday, but next. Yeah. Um, I definitely think that's happening, which is really weird to me, and it makes me concerned that Irie might not make it to Sumo Hall because like that's the match. Why did you do the Karashima match so early, right? Why are you doing that match so early? I find that so odd. It's just so odd to me. Uh, maybe it'll be Hirata. That'd be awesome. I mean, maybe Umeda that's, after that's his challenge do. series. Yeah, I would do. I would Umeda do, beat him. I would do Hirata. I would do Umeda. I would do somebody new. Like I think should be the one to topple Irie. I will um, say, if it's fucking Takashi to get myself huh? I don't think Indo should beat Irie. I no, think Indo should be. beat the person person after. Yeah, I agree. Um, so. All right, so I just hope they do it soon. Yeah, me too. Only got a couple. Although he did finally have a good match with uh, with fuck with uh, Higuchi. So it's just I just don't understand. <laughs> that was the first Irie time. Does. That he, was the first time he we looked like goes a deal, and right? he talks about people posting the same stuff on Twitter and just retweeting all the stuff. And this motherfucker had the nerve to retweet his tenth anniversary show like everyone else does. That ate my ass. So bad. Oh, I'm like, I- I'm watching him. I got yeah. you. And I know he sees my tweets because he vanity searches. He's just too much of a punk to like him. Like he likes some other people that are sarcastic about him. So that just tells me I- he knows I know. I got him. Yeah. Um. All right. So let's see what other questions. We- I cut a two. better promo than Takashita. <laughs> we got two <laughs> questions left here. Uh, TJ Big Love at ASPIR underscore. Do you think it's too soon for New Japan to come back in September? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Will the attendance suffer because of it? Mm, we'll ah, see. Depends what matches they announce. They're only in the Walter Pyramid again. So, like, can they do their fucking 4,500 again? They probably can. I don't see why not, actually. Like, if they're running a big building again, I would be more worried, but I don't. I, I think I'm probably. That's probably their base. So. I don't know. Like, if they could do 6K at the Cow Palace for fucking Cody Kenny, then they could do 4,500 for, I don't know, Kenny Tomatonga or some shit. Like, is, is really anyone going to stay home because it was Tomatonga instead of Cody? I I don't, after all the, if, like, if they were into the being the elite thing for all those weeks, after all these weeks, if that's why they're going, then I think they'll still go. But. I definitely think it's too soon to come back. Mm. In a small I don't, building. Yeah. I don't think they're gonna they're gonna do anything spectacular because that's like they're gonna start getting into gear for the Wrestle Kingdom stuff. Yeah. Like after King of Wrestling, everything kind of goes. Well, it's gonna be it's gonna be Kenny and well, it's gonna be right before King of Wrestling. But you know, it's gonna be Kenny and Tamatanga. I mean, that's what they set up at the end of the show. I'm not so, watching. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, it'll probably be better than Kenny and Cody, but. Oh, if you really want to see people jump off ladders and stuff, 
like like why uh, does Tomatonga look like a, like you know like a Dollar Tree when you go down the toilet?